Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode number 18. I am your host, Skids, and with me is Yard Sale. What's up? Of course, we got Fence Post here. Hey, guys. And all the way back from his procedure, we have Gucharita. Hello, hello, my friends. And even further, we've got Simone Zunter with us tonight. Hello. All right, man, what you guys been up to? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have much, but I am back. Gucci's back. What yep. happened with the procedure, Gucci? Well, you know, I had to go to a, a different country. You know, apparently the procedure that I had to go through is um, unique. But yeah. I am back now, and now you could call me Gucciarita. <laughs> the, the U.S. doesn't have tools small enough to accommodate him. Small enough? What are you talking about? I had to go to three different countries to get enough tools to work on, on it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Well, I'm sure Corona probably kept you uh, at bay there. Yeah, I've been stuck at home like all of us, I guess. <laughs> so how's how's the baby life? Uh, he's sleeping through the night or most of the night. Um, thanks, you know, God for my wife because she takes the delay shift, I guess. But, you know, it's funny because I actually got to do some flying here and there. So it's it's been good. You know, it's a process like, you know, some of us that have kids know. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. So I tried. So. Finally, <laughs> I, I can take a break now. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to take a break? I mean, you're going to miss all the great conversations we're going to have on the show. That's true. That's true. Sounds I mean, like a high school relationship. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, me, me and Skids have been going at it for a long time, you know, as friends. Oh, boy. So. Oh, plus, oh boy. Man. Yeah, plus he was uh, asking. Plus, he was actually asking a lot about the procedure, so I think he might be wanting to get some information. <laughs> uh, wow. So it's all making sense now. You, you see what's going on here, Scott, right? <laughs> yeah. Kevin kicked him out. Unfortunately. <laughs> Kevin kicked him out and wouldn't let him back until he had a procedure. Oh. Uh, yep. And we'd be more useful. Mm-mm-mm. You guys are just jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, Let's get to some weeks. What do you think? First things first, of course, as always, we like to thank everybody for downloading, streaming, and listening to our podcast. We certainly do appreciate you very much. And uh, let's get right to it. Who wants to go first? Nobody. No <laughs> <laughs> Mike, right, you want to kick it off? Scott? Oh, it's fine. No, let Mike go. Okay. All right. I guess if I have to. Uh, so let's see here. It's been a while. Uh, oh yeah, I got the, uh, the sphincter showed up in the mail. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I got that thing built. I haven't gotten to do the maiden on it yet. I haven't been able to make time to get out. Uh, work's been a little bit crazy. Um, it's like slow one day. Then this last week, it's been pretty crazy. So haven't had time to get out and fly hopefully this weekend i can make something happen if the weather uh holds out for us we'll see uh but the build went good everything showed up in one piece um 
no smash canopies or anything like that. So nice. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I did get out and fly not last weekend, but the weekend before and uh, did some flights on the XN. Uh, that thing's flying really good. So shout out to Dan with the with the clutch liner. I, I don't know if I give him a shout out yet or not for doing that, but that thing's pretty solid. Doesn't have the rubber chicken effect anymore. So it's it's flying pretty good. Um, was getting pretty low, doing some really low uh, front flips. And when I was bringing the tail around, I hit the tail blades and actually like almost toe picked the tail fin in the ground. And it kind of like fell on its skids. And it was just like, oh, OK, I spooled it back up and kept flying. And I was like, oh, man, I lucked out. No way. Yeah. So, <laughs> nice. of course, I had to try it again. <laughs> uh this time it, it didn't uh it didn't fare so well it, it actually took some of the teeth off the torque tube gears and was still flying but it sounded awful so uh i started doing like some mailer on tiktoks and stuff and i'm like man this thing's just gonna let go any second i better just put it on the ground before i have to really buy some parts for this thing so nice. uh but it was a good flight a lot of fun um the i was talking with kevin on the phone one day and he brought to my attention that uh i have too many helicopters which we were talking about (laughs) something and i actually went around and started counting and i'm like oh man i didn't realize i own 10 helicopters for some reason yeah i was shocked so was i so uh kind of made me rethink because i've been trying to uh slim down a little bit and i don't know how I ended up with this many, but some of them have to go. And I think, I mean, that the NX4 is a lot of fun. Uh, it's a power monster, but I think if I'm going to fly Nitro, I've, I haven't taken it out in probably like three weeks because I've had the 700 Nitro going. So it seems like I always walked right past that and grabbed the 700 when I'm going to go fly Nitro stuff. So uh, it's going to I have it listed for sale on the Facebook forums. So I was a little taken back when you posted. Yeah, I, I was, I'm still kind of, I'm kind of torn on it. I mean, I'm definitely not going to give it away. If I get what I'm asking for it, then it's going to go. If it doesn't, then I'll just keep it around. I mean, it's not costing me money hanging on the wall. Sure. And it's, it's a lot of fun to fly. It's, it's a different experience for sure with the uh, 55 in there. So, yeah. so we'll see, see how it goes. Um, other than that, the only thing I've been up to is we had a little sim session last night. That was fun. It was. Yeah, we had yeah. Uh, me. We had Skids was in there. Gucci showed up. Uh, we had Big Bob. Big King Bob was in there. And Dave Karish was in there. And I think even Leroy Hall was in there for a little bit. So He was, yep. Um, it's pretty cool. Had a little, little online room going. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's always fun when you can get, like, for me, simming is like pulling teeth, man. I can't, simming by myself, I can't do it. If I can get a room and get somebody in there, like, I'll throw a room up and post, you know, a link to it or whatever, the the password and stuff online. And if somebody doesn't show up, usually in, like, 10 minutes, I'm done. I'm closing it and I'm going to bed or going to find something else to do because I, I can't do it by myself. It's just too boring. Yeah. So if I'm going to fly by myself or I'm going to go out and actually fly the real thing, but it's nice when you can get a a group of people in there, you can have some laughs and kind of 
Yeah. You know, it was a lot like hanging out at the field for real. It's just, you know, you're just simming is all, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And Bob had some questions. We were trying to help him out with a couple things. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That was cool. Pretty neat. But yeah, that's pretty, that's really all I've been up to. I haven't been, uh, haven't been too crazy. Okay. Scott, you want to, you want to head it off? Sure. So, uh, what I do? I didn't do a whole lot. I rebuilt some stuff during the week because um, I had crashed every helicopter as of the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, finally got all of them except for one rebuild. I just need to take some time and fix the uh, the Black Thunder still. Um, it's got a lot of damage to it, so it's going to take a little while. <laughs> Uh, so what I ended up doing was I visited our friends over at RCHO. I had to drop some stuff off to Jay and he had a set of, uh, VTX blades. We traded blades. So that was cool getting to see them hang out with, uh, Tammy and everyone and, and Jay Very and cool. some more people showed up, started flying, had a good old day. Um, and then I had a little bit of an incident with John Allen. So John was building, I think it was a Blade 270 Fusion, I think he was flying, and it was literally made in flight, and he didn't want to set up the radio, so he gave the radio to someone else, he was like, look, just set it up, program it, give me back the radio, and I'm going to go fly it. So the other guy spent like an hour setting it up, got it all done, and then he went out to go test fly it, and me being an idiot, decided to go, do you want to do a maiden tandem? And of course, John being John said, absolutely, let's go. So, put the helis down, spooled up, took off, everything was cool. Um, started flying around, and I was like, I'm going to chase them. There's no way we're going to hit each other. So, I start chasing them over to the right-hand side of the field and go around, doing loops around them and stuff. Uh, that was a good laugh. And then we kind of stopped doing that, started flying around, and then both of us went around the back side of the field, and then impact. And literally, it was like 40 feet away from us, all the room in the world, and these two little tiny gnats decide to slam into each other and explode. <laughs> And uh, luckily, his fared pretty well. He lost his blades and a link, I believe, was the worst of the damage. Uh, but my poor little Oxy-3, it lost the skids, the bottom plate, the left-hand side frame, the battery tray, the LiPo on board. It hit the ESC and cut the wires, uh, broke both the ES DFC links, bent the spindle, bent the main shaft, bent the boom, and broke the tail fin. Woo-wee! Wow. <laughs> so, uh, little guy's hurting. So, I ordered some parts. Got them on the way. Hopefully, I'll get that fixed next week and get zipping around with that guy again. Well, like, the good news is that crash probably cost you like maybe two hundred bucks tops. Yeah, it was right at two hundred bucks. So yeah, and you know if that was a seven hundred, that would have been rekit horrible situation. You know, five six hundred dollars sure. easy. So I was gonna say, sure. it sounds like you're trying to crash like somebody you know. <laughs> like you, yeah. Trying to yeah I'm, I'm noticing a theme going on here with this podcast group. <laughs> this demoing helicopters the wrong way. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, other than that, um, I don't know. I don't think I've been doing a whole lot. Just trying to work on rebuilding stuff. Um, I think I may change up my fleet a little bit here in the next couple weeks. I really enjoyed flying 700s, and I'm, I'm starting to get a niche for electric helis. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Nice. Very cool. Anything else? I think that's it. Just right. hitting the sim, trying not to suck. There you go. Suck less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Uh, Simone, what you got? What you been doing? Me? I had, thanks to Corona, I had one week of forced vacations. 
Okay. Where the company asked me to do vacations because, yeah, they are not closing, but they want to save money. So they asked us to do vacations. Okay. But vacations when you can't go anywhere or travel anywhere are quite exciting. <laughs> and uh, so I just did some stuff around the house. I fixed three or four helicopters. Nice. Uh, you know, some some helis that stand around since, I don't know, one year where they have a strange noise coming from somewhere. You can mm. never find it. So you need to unbuild it like to the skits and then you find out which mini part is broken. Sure. Um, yeah, the dad also filmed like the 10 episodes of my Learn How to Fly series. Cool. And cut that, edited it, uploaded it, translated it did the thumbnails, did all the stuff. And um, I guess last week I did a like a social distance walk with my best friend, nice. who I normally see like twice a week. And right now it was like once one month that we didn't see each other. So that was nice to see him again. Yeah. And um, yeah, yesterday I was on the flying field just to do some flying. And there were like four guys more that I normally never see, but somehow we all had at the same hour, the same idea to go flying. <laughs> so we were like five people on the same field. And yeah, you know, you have to pay a lot of money if the police catches you, if you are more than two people outside. Oh wow! And so I stayed there, did two batteries. And then I said, yeah, okay, I will go buy some groceries. I am off. <laughs> I was really scared. I know normally there's no police out there because we're in the middle of nowhere, but you know, you I guess the police know. themselves, they would not come to check, but you know, Germans can be dickheads sometimes. <laughs> so you have sometimes people that come around and say, oh, there are people flying there, blah, 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 blah. please, police, check it out. And oh, I don't gosh. want to pay money for that shit. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Nice. Mainly. All right. Perfect. Well, uh, let's see. I'll jump in and we'll save Gucci for last since he's got so much to kept, catch us up on. So, um, the last I had was I was rebuilding the 550, the XL Power 550. Uh, got some of those Azure blades. Um, I actually really like those. They're super quiet. Um, I know some people like them to be really loud, but these were, they're almost silent at times. So, kind of cool. Um, I did get out and fly a few times. Um, I flew, uh, well, two days this week, actually. And I did fly, I think, the previous week also. Um, but uh, I uh, had an issue with the one-way on the 550. Uh, it was uh, slipping, I guess. Um, not sure why, uh, because I then took it apart to see, you know, if I could manually get it to, to slip, and I, I couldn't. Uh, of course, the pinion was fine. That was Loctited down, and uh, so I just re-oiled it and went out the next day, uh, yesterday, and everything was fine. So I don't, I don't know, just one of those ghosts in the machine, I guess. I don't know. But uh, that's all I usually do when my one-way slips. I'll take it out, clean it out, regrease it, and throw it back in. And like ninety-five percent of the time, it's good to go. Yeah, and I think I learned that from you. We would we had discussed that a while back or something about something else, but uh, so that was the the tech tip that i did to it and yeah it worked fine so um took the specter out uh the the old dirty sphincter and um it has now the 12 tooth pinion uh so i was running at about 2060 uh did have to do some more tuning on it um 
you know, a uh, little more tuning than what I'm used to with other models. Uh, not saying that's a bad thing. It's just it's lighter. It reacts differently. And so I'm kind of having to find a new happy place because of that. And uh, so it flies good. Uh, no more of the <laughs> overheating the ESC or whatever. But uh, so that that's gone. Thank goodness. Um, but I did notice that I wanted a little bit more pop. So I am currently running the Dirty Sphincter at 2200 head speed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one hot sphincter. Oh, man. <laughs> Projectile. Um, yeah. Rock, so. Rocket ship right here. <laughs> oh, gosh. So it's, it's, it's mean and nasty for sure. Uh, it still needs a little bit of tweaking here and there, but um, I don't know. Once I find a happy place, I, I might bring the... the head speed down or you know whatever because right now i'm just flogging the crap out of it just trying to find all those little nooks and crannies of anomalies that you know happen and whatever and uh so i'm just being really mean to it and um but it i'll probably end up slowing the head speed down eventually but but it is fun i gotta say you know just pounding on that thing it, it takes every bit of it so it's pretty cool but um so again uh flew thursday friday of this past week with uh ben and josh and, um, of course, both uh, days I was able to get in six flights, which that makes 12 for the week. That's more than I usually ever get. <laughs> so this whole lockdown for me has been pretty cool. Um, I just go out after work and hit it up. But um, at any rate, uh, you know, talking about the tuning, I will say that uh, by comparison with the, the Goblin Thundersport, uh, the Drake that I had, um, you know, it's still the Goblin today it requires the, the the least amount of tuning, I guess. You know, it's, you can if you have a baseline tuning that you know works, it seems like it just works. You know, there's no chasing things. And, um, but, uh, you know, but that is what I've been flying for the last year or so. So the Spectre is new to me. But uh, currently, I, I like I say, I think the Goblin right out of the box is is a champ with the tuning. So maybe it has to do with weight. I don't know, but, um, but, uh, I did make some purchases, but I'm not going to talk about it. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna dangle the carrot. I'm just going to leave it there. Dangle so, the carrot. Yep. So some things have come through the Facebook groups. If you uh, are smart, maybe you'll guess it, but Such I, uh, a tease. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did pick up something else, but I'm, uh, waiting to either go get it or have it shipped. So we'll discuss that too as soon as I can get my hands on it. So pretty excited about that one. But uh, that's all I got. Really, it's just work, doing stuff around the house and trying to fly when I can, you know. And, um, you know, we're just trapped in the house like everyone else. So, you know. But welcoming back Gucci. Man, welcome back, dude. What, what have you been up to with your hiatus from the podcast? Let me tell you, you guys say uh, skids week. I say uh, Gucci's weeks, plural, because it's been a while. Now, I um, actually, believe it or not, I, I actually did some flying. So I'm not going to go too much into the baby stuff because, you know, you just got to do it. But I did do some flying. So since we last, uh, I was on the show, I, you know, before I used to have the Kraken Nitro with the 96 SRX. Since then, I actually bought a 91 3DS, yes. and I got to say, that 3DS is, it's, to me, in my opinion, it's easier to tune. Mm -hmm. And 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 honestly, it 
you know, for me, for my level of flying, it pulls just as hard, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm telling you that that crack in nitro is, you know, I'm starting to get closely comfortable to the level that I'm comfortable with the N556. So if I had to guess which one is going to eat the dirt first, it's going to probably going to be that crack in nitro just because I'm starting <laughs> to get, well, you know, it's comfortable, right? I, I'm starting yeah. to to know how fast I could recover. You know, even if I'm close to the ground now, you know, you know, six feet or less, I, I kind of know how, how hard I got to push on the stick to really kind of get it back to a comfortable position, if that makes any sense. So I'm finding myself da- daring with it. Can we test that theory this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I really think, like we talked before, Mike. I think it's going to be uh, in the near future. Mm, I'm, like gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make your dream come true. See, oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna do the cracking dance all around that sucker. <laughs> listen, listen. Who 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 brought that up? The cracking dance. That's right. Oh <laughs> now, so I'm enjoying the 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 cracking nitro. So with this new craze that we have the three bladed uh kraken that's coming out i was like hmm i have a havoc sitting on the shelf and that's got a three bladed head i wonder what that would feel like if i tried it on my uh, electric uh kraken so i actually uh did the i put the the three bladed head on the kraken and i did one flight and that flight convinced me that i need to get rid of the havoc so (laughs) and uh wait for the crack and it's it's a 1600 rpm so what i usually do i did 1600 rpm probably for three to four minutes and then i had still two more minutes of 2100 left in it so i flew a six minute flight and at 1600 that thing moves at 2100 it was almost sickening for my comfort (laughs) level per se and there, there's something that I I enjoy, so that's why like when I thought about it, you know, I kind of had to do a little bit of you know soul searching, I guess, in the heli world. I'm like, I already have the Kraken Nitro, I have the regular Kraken E, the three blade. It would it, it makes sense, you know, uh, just get rid of the havoc and get yourself a, a, a Kraken three blade when it comes out. So, yep, sold the uh, the havoc in about a day nice um but i had a big whoops with it (laughs) so i got overzealous with one of the uh pinch bolts that's in the three-bladed hub that holds the uh, spindle inside the head um and i tried to drill it out uh and it did not work as planned so it was about a 70 dollar mistake to get a new hub Mm. but I sold it, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, obviously the helicopter had less than 20 flights and I, you know, do it right. Just get a new hub and just let the guy know. And he was right. you know, appreciative of that. I let him know. So that's on the way out. Uh, cracking three blade coming right in whenever it gets, uh, released. That's awesome. Man. So you're going to have three Krakens now. Yeah. Mm. See, oh, that's another geez. thing is, I mean, <laughs> Are you the mic? That's Gucci. <laughs> yeah, that no is shit. Gucci. <laughs> but it makes sense, right? Because everything, um, and I think, you know, um, we discussed this before in the 
before we we start recording is it's i have a lot of spare parts already for the krakens right yeah, yeah. you know it's the same main shaft i have uh, uh the sets of bearings for the transmission so really just it also simplifies in the grand scheme of things. I still get my three bladed, you know, helicopter, but it simplifies maintenance in the long run or a crash. Right. So that's kind of my thought on it. Um, I think three, I, 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 I really like three blade. I gotta say that's just, just, just me, I guess. So that's about it. So this I'm flying, I think overall, probably I tallied up all my flights in the past, like two months. And I got about, 30 to 40 flights or so nice yeah and it's it's hard because you know usually when i go and i don't have time to spend hours you know and mike probably could test it like i literally go for like two hours if that and i put whatever many flights if it's three flights it's three flights i put the flights in and i go home you know just because i got to be back home as soon as as i can so that's about it usually when he shows up with an electric you know he's gonna be here for a little while yeah Cause usually when he's a, well, when he's an in and out guy, he shows up with the nitros cause he doesn't have to charge batteries or anything. <laughs> yep. Right. So usually, and that's why I think I've flown the Kraken nitro a little bit more. It's just cause it's, it's super easy. Like even if I don't plan to go flying, you know, I, and I have an hour, I could literally, if I go to my local field, I could be at the field, you know, it takes me about 10, 15 minutes to get to my field put two, three flights on that and then come back within an hour, you know, with the travel and everything else. So it's, um, it, you know, it just suits the, the situation, I guess, and the, the time constraints. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's sometimes I actually like going to the field when no one's there and, you know, especially if I have two machines to go between and, uh, and just, I mean, literally back to back flights, no breaks, just pound them out. And, um, sometimes I dig that, you know, where you just do what you got to do and pack up and go home, you know, no one, I mean, sometimes you, (laughs) sometimes you have to, no, no, we don't know. No, I guess not. That's fine. (laughs) Whatever. Mike, Mike goes out there for a whole day. You know, he's, he's having a party at the field. I'm committed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a whole day kind of person too. Oh yeah. (laughs) You you should be committed, Mike. Well, I mean, I, Right now, I live on the top floor of an apartment building, so if I'm going to log all that shit down all them steps, I'm going to make it worth it. Yeah. Understood. I gotcha. All right, well, moving right along. Uh, who's going to do what's hot? I mean, Gucci's back, so what What are we doing? Well, I got I to get warmed up, so I, I think up? it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be uh, me and Fence Post. Okay. Uh, <laughs> What we're going to do is we're going to kind of play a little game, you know, let's see who's got more information because I'm still, you know, kind of getting the gist of things. <laughs> All right. Well, hit it, you guys. Hit it you go up. first. <laughs> you take the lead. I take the lead. So this was kind of Scott, when he saw it on, on the Facebook group, he was like, I got to talk about this. So what we're the topic of discussion is Jim Boss nitro conversion for the Goblin 570. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Scott? I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to stop you there. You've already failed. You didn't announce the whole subject. Where's mm-hmm. the what is hot? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good catch. Good you catch. Just jump into oh, it. Oh man. Listen, Amateurs. that's I'm, I'm warming up. Gosh. <laughs> been, there's been some changes, Gucci. Yeah. I know. Uh, anyway, the, but yeah, is hot. Uh, so, Jim Boss's conversion, the 570 Nitro. 
So I don't know if you guys have seen this or saw pictures of it, but it is the cleanest conversion kit I think I have seen for a nitro. Yeah. The MRCI was nice, but we all know that that kind of didn't go anywhere. Um, it's not ever coming out. So this is very cool. The Jim Boss kind of took it and ran with it and made his own. And it looks super simple. The frames are clean. They're nice. They throttle servos mounted in the actual side frame instead of having to use a micro server up front. Uh, you know, behind the, the receiver pack. The receiver pack was mounted vertically, so there's tons of room in there now. Uh, just all good stuff. So I'm really excited to see this this kit. It's I don't believe it's going to be for sale, which is a little bit frustrating, but just message Jim, and he'll send you the files for the fan shroud. He'll direct you to where you can order the frames. Um, he went with a company that just cuts carbon for, you know, whatever project you have going. He gave them the prints and he gave them permission to farm it out and sell it to other people basically at cost. So super oh, wow. solid that he's helping people with that. All the other parts are literally just SAB parts. So you have to do the fan shroud, side frames, and everything else is SAB. Interesting. The fan yeah. shroud is uh, a 3D print. He'll, he'll provide the files for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah said yeah. that. And, oh, uh, did you? I okay. Sorry. Yeah. He uses... um carbon carbon impregnated plastic he was using for the print for his he says you can probably use pla or um what was the other one uh abs uh i'd be a little cautious though because pla and abs don't really stand up to temperature too well and chemicals and apparently also pla is not safe to use in uv environments so you know you fly without a canopy out in the sun it'll start to deteriorate maybe get brittle and crack so right. what's the suggestion then i mean can you use the uh original black nitro no, no, it's no, you can large, print one it? out of, yeah, print one out of carbon plastic. Oh. Yeah, PG oh, would um, probably be fine too, I would imagine. Yeah, there's some companies out there, I'm sure, that will do this as well. Um, you send them a print and they'll send you files and whatever material you want. Hmm. Huh. The Boss Haas Nitro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Boss Haas. Uh, uh, so, so, uh, skids. Yeah. Uh, what so. you thinking about that? I'm thinking um, dangle carrot number two is that I may need a 570 airframe. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and we let's dangle another carrot. We may know who's got potentially something available. Not anymore. <laughs> too late. It took too long. Gosh. Yeah, yeah you waited more than fast. three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to jump out and say, got it. It's mine. <laughs> yep. otherwise it's, gone. it's like you yep. better shit or get off the pot son. that's right <laughs> absolutely i got shit to do and things to build that's right so scott you you amaze me how quick you go through the cycle of you know selling something or trading it i'm like gosh this guy is quick <laughs> well i i usually like totally lose my ass like i'll either give it away or sell it insanely cheap so usually it goes pretty quick and you know I'm, I'm in it just to try things so i fly something if i like it i keep it if i don't i want to kind of change it up and i don't know it keeps me interested in the hobby just to kind of try different try things different. up a little bit yeah 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 i well, went through that a little while ago yeah. <laughs> you still got 10 helicopters to prove i know yeah. <laughs> you're at 10 i think i'm at three so <laughs> so that that's the discussion I had with the guy that I sold my Havoc to. He's like, I, you know, he was kind of like on debating, you know, if he should get a three blade. Then in the end, he was like, you know, you kind of sold me. I mean, it's obviously a, a good price. It's less than 20 flights. And he's like, I just want to try the three blade, you know? So I think what he's probably he's going to do. And he liked it, the, the fact that it's already had the Kraken uh, conversion for the battery tray. 
because he's already got a crack and but he's like his last words were like forget it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna buy it from you just to try the three blades to try something new so there you go you know that's I, I, you're right i think that's uh, an important part of some of our you know i guess the way we think about our hobby is trying new things you know mm-hmm. yeah plus it's good to have experience with different things because the more stuff you try the more people you can help that's the way yep. i look at it right if i've sure. if i've flown and owned you know every major brand every major model and like tried it out you know i can't obviously afford all of that at once but if i kind of rotate through stuff and try things i can i can help anybody and that's what i really want yeah yeah yep. and, and for me too is the other thing was too is i didn't vocally say this before but you know my wife put me on a threshold of four helicopters <laughs> or five helicopters <laughs> so i got a self airframe to get another airframe you know yeah that's where i'm at too i have oh, a budget that I can't you're exceed. limited to four <laughs> helicopters how yeah. is that possible <laughs> uh you, you know when when she keeps seeing them multiply over time and you know she saw the box for the havoc out she's like i see a new box and i'm like don't worry i sold one she's like hmm what does that mean and every time i'm nice she's like did you get a new helicopter i'm like <laughs> she's smart <laughs> yeah she yeah, tracks the, uh, the whole yes you see i'm i'm very lucky that that uh when my boyfriend met me i already owned like 10 helicopters so oh, he cannot say anything <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah well, that's right. The, that's See, me and Simona and Team Ten. There you go. <laughs> Ten. We got to catch up. That's yeah. too funny. Well, my There's wife, no she, way. she, she doesn't really. She hasn't put a number on me anymore. I think in the past she did, but now it's just. I'll, I'll, I try to put a number on myself where I'm like four. I'm like, honey, that's it, four. And like, literally, I get the eye roll of like, yeah, okay. And, uh, and I'm like, well, I only have six Neos. Then I get the second eye roll of like, I'm sure you'll fix that too. So <laughs> yeah, mine, she's, she's learned. It's not, it's, it's going to always change. <laughs> and the worst part about it is that, you know, my wife and his wife are friends. So I'm yeah. sure they could, they probably put play ideas off each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They talk. Women always talk. <laughs> <laughs> See now, now we, we have the proof. Yeah, but we we did talk, Kevin. You know that we might. Uh, you know, I was like, you know, it'd be really nice to get uh, the girls together at Great Wolf Lodge in Charlotte and maybe crash uh, Scott's uh, field. Oh yeah, absolutely, that would happen. I'm it's gonna happen, down. Scott. If it involves crashing, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> we know you and Kevin got us covered. <laughs> uh, man, we're keeping people employed, Scott. We got to keep the ground down. Someone's got to beat it down. <laughs> That's all right let, let's reel it back in all right body's Va- hot number dos all right so I, I mixed languages there see what i did for number dos uh, number dos um new buffer pack from augie copter yeah so you know there was this craze that first that company first came out with uh the their version of the buffer pack so augie copter came up with a buffer pack from what i'm seeing and watching his video it sounds like you know mo- the 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 old style the classic buffer pack was just like more or less like the opti power backup guard which was you plug it into your neo and when he senses um that it goes below a certain voltage it kicks in right well augie copter 
instead of being almost like a catch bucket on the outside of the neo ogicopter designed something that is before the neo and it actually um kind of protects some of the stuff that comes into the neo from the esc um that's kind of all i have it looks like a good idea but then again you know it, you know he even has a video of how he tested it in flight uh, did you see that one scott yeah, I was watching that where he had a secondary board that it could simulate like a dead short, full disconnect and a overvoltage. Yeah. Yep. So that was pretty interesting how he did it. So obviously it wasn't just they designed it and they just put it on and made sure it's working. I think they did an in-flight test, which is awesome. Yeah. And, and, and all different, uh, I guess, within any condition that it could happen, i.e. a short, i.e. Um, just a regular, you know, ESC drop or whatever case may be. That was pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. And I also wanted to explain, too, that it's not just a buffer pack, too, like a like some people think it is, because I saw some posts on the Hangout and people were going, oh, it's too expensive. It's, you know, you can get an OptiGuard for a lot cheaper than yeah. OptiPower one. Um, cause the, the package contains basically a OptiGuard and a, uh, a Beck guard, which prevents your Beck from receiving like rogue frequencies and stuff coming from your servos. If you run noisy servos, or if you have some sort of other electrical issue in the bird, it'll protect back the way as well to protect your Beck. So it's um, two ways, so to speak, right? Exactly. So it's basically the same as the, uh, the UltraGuard MegaGuard bundle that they sell that costs $120 from OptiPower. Okay. So it really is apples and apples at that point. Um, plus, his does a little bit more because it actually has um, data recording and you can actually pull logs from it. And I did notice that it said Mikado Telemetry on his. Wow. I've not had an opportunity to talk with him and see what he means by that, but I'm very curious to see what that is referring to. That's cool. So it's just almost... Real quick, uh, just to kind of make sure everybody's on the right page here, the Beck is your BEC, your battery eliminator circuit. For those who don't know what a Beck is. Are you mansplaining to us? Well, I mean, we we, ha we, we have new people who are in the hobby that listen to this, right. and they're probably like, what the hell's a Beck? Yeah. Yep. So just to explain what that is. Yeah. And uh, they even he even tested, which I found pretty interesting. Like if for some reason, um, you know, the ESC gets in, in a position where it sends 50 volts to your Neo. So even even for that, he's got a safety feature in there that actually it'll trip the uh i think what does he call it like he trips his you know uh his unit into going into you know actually controlling five volts still going into the unit it is a voltage step <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're a that's, kid i swear <laughs> it's really cool that it does that to be honest i mean that's that's awesome it's almost like a firewall so to speak right before yeah. it gets to the neo so which is interesting rather than just a catch bucket after the neo it's an N95 mask for your, your <laughs> controller in Neo. Oh boy. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty cool. So I think the price comes out to what, $80 or so? Yeah, which is really not bad. No. I think he's doing bundles first. He's selling them as a package with the remote light, the unit, and the screen for recording telemetry. Once those pre-orders sell out, then he's going to sell the unit on its own. And on its own, it's very, very reasonably priced. Wow. Okay. So, you know, the other option that you would have is rather than using his unit, you go to the first buffer pack that they have, which is just, um, and I think it's probably what well, I think last I checked on it was like $50 for that. 
And the company Aeropanda was the one that were, I guess, importing it into the States. So, but yeah, just some, some options just in case I'm, I'm a big believer. I use the Scorpion guard, but I, you know, just, it's yeah. always good to have new product come out that protects us, I guess. I think I saw a price around $89. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. That's really not bad. And I, I think I'm going to use that solution as well or move back to something. Cause when I moved to hobby wing, I really got a lot of faith in it and I hadn't had any issues and everyone I talked to had never had an issue with the back and a hobby wing. So I kind of started not using, uh, you know, power guards or anything. So I had an issue with my 570 where the actual plugs in the ESC unplugged. So no hardware failure or anything, but the ESC shifted and unplugged and it was game over. The helicopter crashed, whereas a backup guard would have saved that. So I think I'm going to try and pick one of those up from, from Augie. Try it out. I, I think it's worth a try, right? Um, yeah. Not saying it's the only, you know, the the only option out there, but it's definitely something that adds quite a few different protections um, in the system of uh, that you get power to to your Neo. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm interested because of the fact you don't have to unplug it. Because I had issues with the the OptiPower, never had issues with it working. It was great, but I had issues with myself unplugging the battery, and I'd kill those little lipos on a regular basis. Yeah, I'm just I'm not. Uh, what do you say? Adult enough to be responsible for another lipo? <laughs> oh, you forget to turn it on? Yeah. Well, no, I never had that issue, but I always left it plugged in. So, like, I'd go back to the heli like three weeks later and go to fly it and go, oh, it's still on. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> well, not not, not anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's off now. <laughs> yep. So yeah, those are I guess to me they were hot because it's just a different take on it, you know. Yep. So. And the last thing that I have in Varizat is uh, the Lynx uh, Oxy operation is back to normal manufacturing. So nice. as of April 10th, they, uh, Luca posted on his uh, Facebook group for Lynx um, Innovation, said that he's back to normal, even though they were kind of taking it easy for the past uh, two weeks. So just in time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our, our good friend. Uh, you know, Scott needs uh, some parts. Yeah, <laughs> he needs he needs a oxy five nitro. That's what he needs. <laughs> First, I need oxy three parts. Like it's going out of out of fashion. <laughs> yeah. And have we heard anything about the um, the Protoss nitro? That was, I know you guys mentioned last time. It's told the end of the month, right? Do you don't have yours? <laughs> it's uh, slow and steady wins the race. Okay. Yeah. I. Yeah, as far as I know, it's supposed to be coming. Um, uh, I think uh, it was about a week ago, maybe. I'm not sure. Something like yeah. that. Chris nutted. Last I heard was two more weeks. Two more weeks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I as an industry, we got to stop telling people about things before they come out. Mm. I mean, I, f- I feel like they're killing themselves by destroying hype. Like there was yeah. the, the Protoss Nitro, which I was super excited for. Yeah. And now maybe it'll come back when it launches, but I kind of lost interest in that. The Oxy Nitro as well. I was absolutely obsessed with that when it launched. And yep. now I'm kind of on the fence. Uh, the Logo 200, same thing. Incredibly excited, ready to buy one immediately. And now I got the Oxy 3 instead. And I'm like, well, you know, I already have a little helicopter now, so I don't know. Right. Yeah. I, I, I feel like they need to announce it and then sell it like a week later. You know? Yeah. Keep yeah. it a secret just a little longer. SAB does a good job with how they yeah. do their releases usually. 
Yeah. Well, I, and, and I don't want to make any Oxy people angry, but, you know, it was mentioned Urcha, right? 2019, I believe, for the uh, Oxy Nitro. Mm-hmm. And, and it was supposed to be released three months after, you know. And, of course, rumor on the street is, is that they're still fighting a CG issue because he wants it, like, dead, you know, dead perfect. And I get that, and I, we appreciate that, but I don't know <clears> that you should have been unveiling it at Urcha, you know, Unless you until, knew yeah, until you, it was sorted out. Well, kind of like Matt, right? With Synergy, like when he unveils something, pretty much it's already going into production and they're stamping parts out. You know, it's just a matter of getting the packaging together and getting a group, you know, together to ship over to here, you know, and it's it's not still in the prototype phase, you know? Yeah, I like that. So like I, when he announced the 696 and then it was like ready to buy. And then right. people had kits at like the next event. I was at, it was, it was yeah. cool. You know, right. it really right. builds hype. No, he's, he's good with that. Uh, of course, Goblin too. I think I, we credit them uh, as well, me and Gucci, but, uh, but yeah, this whole, you know, it's a prototype, you know, well, you know, like, you know, these folks like you and Mike, you know, it's, it's kind of a dead deal to you now, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm convinced the Protoss Nitro is the cursed Nitro that's been trying to come out since, what, 2015, 2016, when MSH first uh, teased it? Right. And then the company had some financial issues, and then, no, it's been trying to come back, and it just can't can't make it happen. So, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, it's not much longer. Time will tell. Yep. All right. And uh, last thing, I got one more. It just it just hit me. All right. A little bit of a, a little bit of a hype. Have you guys been watching the uh, Wald Heli uh, Simulator competition? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's pretty hot. I yeah. think that, so. Yeah, that is. Uh, I think is a great idea. I hope they. I hope they continue on with it because I kind of. If they do it next year, I think I'm gonna try and do, put a flight video together. Well, I watched Just for the, something uh, to do. Yeah, I watched the Kyle Dahl video, and dude, what an epic flight! I don't know what batteries he's using in that, but it was easily a seven-minute flight. Right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very well done. I mean, chore- choreography to the to the music and whatever else, and uh, it was it was epic. It was very cool. It's um, funny though. You think a pilot's good in real life, and then you see them bust something out in the sim when they're really trying. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, great. I've been, uh, I've been sitting on the couch. I, I set it up uh, on the YouTube that's on my Xbox, so I could watch it on the big screen. Nice, and uh, it's pre- it's pretty cool. It's almost, it's not quite like watching a flight at Urcha, but it's got somewhat of a feel to it. You know what I mean? You kind of get excited about seeing the yeah, the you know the bigger names throw it down. Absolutely. And the end. That is hot. Has closed. Mm. <laughs> Perfect. Well, <laughs> so, what, Mike, what's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, we got a couple things. I don't know if you guys seen the video of Kenny Hutton. He put a security system on his IX twenty. <laughs> Did he? It <laughs> was so I, funny. I don't know. I thought I that, that was hilarious. Oh, so man. he he set it up somehow. So if you touch the stick. Uh, it would it would talk to you. So he like had it sitting on the table, and he comes in and he grabs the one stick, and it says uh, "back away from my X12" or something like that. And then he touches the <laughs> other one, and it says "no, seriously, get your own IX12." <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> Kenny's yeah. a silly guy. Oh man, here we go. That out. Yeah, all the switches on the IX20, they're like they feel. There you go. <laughs> so all the. 
<laughs> so yeah, all the all the sticks and the switches on the IX20 there, they they feel your when you touch them with your finger. That's and you could yeah, so it's pretty pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. Uh and we got Keith Williams loading us up with some more videos again. Nice. He's out uh getting nitro pools. He posted some this morning. So he's been uh cranking that out and I seen he put a, a picture up of a sphincter. Sphincter. Oh. So he's joining the sphincter club. The sphincter team. Nice. Team sphincter. Yeah. Team sphincter. Nice. Going back to that IX20, you know be really cool if you can link that capacitive touch to rescue. You imagine you fly and you get in trouble, you just let go of the sticks and the heli mm. rescues. Mm. How cool would that be? That way you don't have to think about like, oh, I got to reach for the switch and hit it and I never use it. No, just let go of the switches. Wow. That'd be cool. It, it, would, it would be cool for people that understand it, but I think a lot of new pilots that are going to use rescue are going to be like, what the hell's wrong with my helicopter? <laughs> or you got an itchy nose mid-flight. Yeah. <laughs> so, so funny that we were talking about rescue. I was watching um, this guy. I was doing a, review, a quick review on the OMP uh, M2. Um, the, uh, the little helicopter. And he was trying to show the rescue, and the first time it worked. The second time he was too close to the ground and buried it. Oh <laughs> it <was> so man! <laughs> but funny. you know, it's it kind of goes back to the whole idea is like, yeah, rescue is only as good as you know. It still needs space, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I've heard some horror stories. I, I've always said that they should put rescue in the manual of those Fibarius units with a question mark after it. <laughs> whenever they uh, bring it up yeah because it's not guaranteed <laughs> right um so yeah we got uh ethan ader he is giving keith a run for his money and posting up some videos of him flying a blade 480 which that little thing rips man it looks like it uh flies pretty good that's awesome blade nobody really gives blade credit but i think they got a pretty decent helicopter with this 480 that they came out with it seems pretty solid that and their fusion everything from their fusion line is awesome right yeah the uh the 270 i've flown it's not too bad mm -hmm. from what yeah. the other ones were like yeah i flew into one of those it's great and strong as oxy but isn't um i think kenny is even using the new um flybrows unit right that spectrum has yeah, he's been uh, he's been playing around with that. So that I've been kind of getting some updates from him here and there. Um, okay, but I've been waiting for him to kind of get some time on it, and then I want to see if he'll kind of give us a little crash crash uh, course on what he thinks of it and yeah. the setup and stuff. Would be pretty cool. Crash course. Literally, <laughs> this next uh, topic here that you have, uh, let's dive into this. I know there's some folks uh, that I've spoken with that are kind of curious to know whether or not, you know, this is um, a good solution. Is it just, you know, too much, not enough? Like, what, yeah. what do you guys so, think of this? So what he's talking about is uh, Kenny Hutton thought up a way, which, as far as I know, hasn't been thought up before of plumbing the regulated nitro engines so that you don't have to release the pressure from the tank and the tank does not become overpressured. Um, and he's doing this by basically teeing off of the pressure line before it goes in the tank and putting in another check valve that's set up 
the opposite direction of the main check valve. And it's going into the muffler, the nipple on the muffler, where you would normally run a non-regulated uh, pressure line to. So the theory is the higher the muffler pressure is, it doesn't allow that check valve to open to release the pressure. So the pressure stays in the tank. So when the engine's running, it should not be releasing all the pressure back into the uh, muffler. But once you shut the engine off, then that pressure from the tank can release through that check valve into the muffler, and it doesn't require you to pull the plug um, to empty the pressure out of the tank when you're done with your flight. And it doesn't allow it, or it doesn't uh, require you to remove the plug when you fuel it up. Because I know I've, I've uh, done a couple times you know, started pumping fuel in my tank and actually blew the seals out of it. <laughs> uh, we just had fuel dumping out everywhere because I forgot to pull that plug out of there. So I think it's a pretty neat idea. I don't know. I haven't played with it. Um, he says that it works good. He's tried it on his 5.56 and on his, uh, I think it's a Kraken Nitro he had it set up on. Mm. The only thing I'm worried about is it's more links in the chain to failed. I mean, I've had those check valves fail on a regular basis. Not regular, I guess, but maybe twice a year I'll have one fail. Okay. And it, it worries me that now there's two in the system instead of one. But does it so fail to open? Right. Let's talk about how it would fail, though. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't it, hurt anything. Would it, it just would overpressurize. No, it would just pressurize the tank. Well, if the main one failed, the one on the engine, it would be like any other unit right now. If it fails, you run out of tank pressure. If the secondary one fails, nothing bad happens. You just don't have the vent anymore. Right. So, so I guess that's not so bad. Pull the line off. Yeah, I guess an added benefit, if your main one fails and you don't have another one in the field, there's another one in your helicopter. Right. <laughs> you can just use it as a plug if it's closed, right? Yeah, just swap them. And then you yeah. got a good one again. Yeah, I guess it's not bad. So my question is, is does it enhance engine performance? Did he mention that? No. Uh, so he mentioned that, um, in theory, now, I don't know, obviously... I don't know. I, I'm not the one that came up with this, but I believe he was talking about, you know, you the tanks are getting overpressurized. Right. So it's really forcing the fuel into the regulator. And when your regulator is open and closing fast, it's actually pulling in more fuel than it needs to, which is going to change the performance of the engine. Right. So this kind of puts less pressure on the regulator. So it's not um, trying to shove the, the fuel into the carburetor as hard basically and allowing it to kind of sip on what it needs so my thing was thinking back to my 105 that i had um and the problems that i was having is i was wondering if this would help have a more consistent run you know versus it being really rich in the beginning and then leaning out almost too much by the time the end of the tank hit like would it be more consistent throughout the entire time right I don't think so. I mean, I think you'd tune the needles for the high-pressure fuel system, or you'd tune the needles for this normal or optimal pressure fuel system. I don't think it would really change performance. That's just me, though. Okay. Hmm. Very yeah, interesting, it's, though. It's definitely interesting, and it's... It's, uh... If I had a pumped engine, I think I would probably give it a try. But I don't. I've got away from those because I don't like hanging them up and then having to deal with the regulator once it sits for a little bit. Mm -hmm. so who knows uh uys guys need to do some testing because i think he was doing it on os maybe try it out and see how it goes now nah, they're perfect they don't need anything side. 
<laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you won't have to clean the regulator before the flight because it's not don't. getting as much fuel in there. Okay. Oh man. So yeah, cool idea. Um I think it's awesome when people are their their brains are going like that, you know what I mean? Thinking yeah. of different ways they can change stuff. So uh kudos to Kenny for that. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And then last thing I got is uh, we got a little thing that we're going to do in the flight box. Yeah. So we're kind of getting in the uh, groove of trying to get people busy doing something while they're in quarantine just to uh, bring some fun into it. Um, and this releases on Monday. So hopefully Bob will have something done. He's supposed to be making up a uh, like an official write up about it on the rules and everything but basically what we're going to do is we're going to have a little uh, call out section so basically you're going to do a, a maneuver on the simulator or in real life if you can get out to your field um, and we are going to if you do the maneuver then you can call out the next person so then you would tag somebody in your post in the flight box group and say, you know, like, hey, Gucci, I'm calling you out to do, uh, you know, tail down funnels. Ah. And he has to post a video of him doing the funnels. If he doesn't, he has 24 hours to post that video. If he doesn't <laughs> do it in 24, 24 hours. hours, then he has to post an embarrassing photo of himself in the flight box. Oh, but you can <laughs> use the sim, right? You can use the sim, yeah. yes. Okay. Dude, yeah. you said 24 hours, I thought, like, physical flight, and I'm like, man, yeah. that's, that's strength. <laughs> we, we were talking back and forth, and I don't know if we finally came up on a final decision. Gucci might remember or not, but uh, we were talking about possibly if you do it in real life, then you can get um, 48 hours, get more time to do the real life. So, so like, if you missed the window hours, the first time, now we'll do it in real life. Right. Yeah, okay. So, kind of give you a little bit of Give some people some push. Um, we're going to call it the quarantine call out. This is going to be the team. Nice. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully people uh, participate in it and it doesn't fizzle away too quick. Be, be, I think it could be a lot of fun. Sure. I think, I think a lot of people are going to use the sim, you know, especially right now. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And you got to uh, keep in mind, if you guys are going to call somebody out, keep the maneuvers within the person's skill level. I mean, don't, yeah, be, don't be a jerk. <laughs> All people to do pyro TikToks when they are still learning circuits. You know what I mean? Yeah, Scott, don't be calling me out. <laughs> Shut <TikToks>. up! <laughs> hey, da- hey, Daniel, I'm calling you out for for the globe. What? What globe? <laughs> right. I just started looking for embarrassing photos right away. Right <laughs> yeah. here we go. Oh, yeah, man. so that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's all we got going on. Awesome. Anything else anybody wants to add? Simone, you got anything to add for uh, what's hot or anything you've seen lately? Uh, let me think. I wanted to say the the World Heli Sim competition too. Mirko asked me if I would like to join in a in a flight in, into the competition, and I told him like, man. In 11 years, I've just done one music flight and this just because I was forced to do. So think about it and um, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, yeah, I would love to do a music flight, but I that's that's a task I put on myself like every yeah. year because I love music flights so much, but every year I'm mainly searching for music that I like and that fits together and then I edit it together and then I think about the maneuvers and then I see like it doesn't work and then I change it again and blah 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 blah, blah and then the season is over and I start again from scratch. So that's why why it never works. Uh, other stuff that is hard well the three bladed goblin i saw that one but yeah i have a kraken kraken at home so um no i don't think that i have anything special for you okay that's all right all right well i tell you what let's uh let's take a short break and we'll be right back if you've been searching for a new sim, you should check out AccuRC. Aiden and his team have compiled a sim that not only allows you to change servos, blades, motors, batteries, and so much more that makes simming not only fun, but also provides the practice you need. One of the great things about AccuRC, aside from the many setup options, it also allows downloading and updating at no additional cost to you. That's right, you can test the new Kraken Nitro at no extra cost like I did. Not many other competitors can say that. AccuRC is very affordable, so check them out. Head over to AccuRC.com. All right, well, welcome back. Uh, as stated earlier, we have a very special guest. We have Simone Zunter from all the way over in Cologne, Germany. So, again, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to hit you with some get to know and then uh, ask you some fun questions. What do you think? Then come the juicy questions. That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's kick it off. All right, so I'm gonna get started here. I'll do it first. Um, so, how are you coping with this coronavirus lockdown? How has that affected your life? Um, well, I have to say, in the beginning of March, when we already knew about this whole corona stuff, I was still with my mom going to Paris for a weekend vacation, mm -hmm. and afterwards, I guess mid of March, end of March. My birthday is end of March, so um, there we already had the lockdown, but <laughs> I don't birthday. know about it. Hmm? Happy belated birthday. Yeah, thank you. Um, I don't know about the uh, about swear words in this podcast, but I would say in Germany we have like a pussy lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real lockdown. I mean, if I if I watch the news and I see what what the people in the world have to deal with. I mean, we are quite yeah. happy that we have a very good health system here in Germany. So at the moment we are fine and our infection rates are going down. Um, of course, the, the death rates are a bit climbing up, but still compared to the rest of the world, we are completely fine. We have, I guess, two thirds of the people infected that are already uh, healthy again. Um, so our lockdown mainly consists out of please stay at home 
um, if you have to leave the house, then it's mainly for grocery shopping, for going to work or for doing sports. So mm -hmm. this is why I'm still going to fly because I think it's model sports, how we would call it in German. <laughs> right. And um, I'm far off on the countryside where I'm flying. I know the farmer personally and um, there is nobody. There is no jogger. There's nobody with the dog. So I'm not really... Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not really near anyone. So as long as nobody is complaining, I think it should be fine. Um, so I still, last week, I guess I did a social distance walk. <laughs> We call it like that with my best friend. <laughs> We normally meet each other every like twice a week and now since one month we didn't see each other and so we said okay let's the sunshine is here let's grab a beer and we go for a long walk with a bit of distance because um, in Germany they say as long as you are not related or living together there is a maximum of two people that can be outside of the house together walking oh. or spending time so yeah we did that And that's fine. I am doing home office since three weeks or now with the vacations, four weeks. I'm continuing with that um, Monday and I will see how it works. We have the problem that many small businesses are just not, they, they can't cope with it. So because they are having so much losses as they had to close like four weeks, they, they can't just um, get all the costs back. Um, so my company, we are a big software company. I'm a software designer and um, our company mainly could deal with it. We have enough work to do, but of course we are living from the license um, costs or payings from the small businesses. But if the small businesses are going down, we are also losing money. So mm. I will see how it all goes sure. with the time. Yeah. yeah. So that's mainly why I spent my birthday also at home. Alone, Did you do anything for, for your birthday? Or? <laughs> Did you do anything at home for your birthday or just hung out? Or? Yeah, worked remote and I waited for my boyfriend to come back from work because he's um, he's working. Uh, he, he cannot do a home office. I don't mm -hmm. know how to express that. No, yeah, okay. um, essential, essential employee. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we just ordered some pizza and drank some beer and that's it. I was originally I was planning a very big party with some good friends I haven't seen for a long time, but yeah, now I have to postpone that on I don't know September or something. Yeah. Well. Yeah. At least you got to do something and hang out with a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, but that can be quite difficult sometimes too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for him, nothing changes. He's still going to his work. He's seeing all his colleagues. For him. It's everything is as usual. And for mm -hmm. me, it's I'm staying at home the whole time long. Right. The most, um, well, curious thing the whole day long is in my lunch break, going to the supermarket and buying a salad and say, no, thank you. I don't need the bill. That's everything I talk the whole day long. And uh, yeah, well, he comes back. And I, of course, as a woman, I have a lot of... Uh, need to to talk to somebody and normally where i would talk to my female colleagues my boyfriend is the only one to talk to right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what you're to... saying is you're driving him nuts <laughs> he, he, sometimes he says like yeah i'm coming home and i already know that there is a big wave coming and i'm just sitting there and listening and listening and listening <laughs> i mean yeah that's life i, I can't 
Yeah. I can't do anything else. It's just like, I hope everything goes back to normal soon. But yeah. till then, yeah, Hopefully that's how it very is. very soon. So how long have you been flying for or been in the hobby? Uh, well, if you start from my very first Pico Z, then that would be like 12 years. And I remember but those old heli magazine, the Pico Z. Yeah, that was my first one. Then I had a um, uh, coaxial one, but everything started during my university career. I didn't have a lot of money back then, like 100 euros per month. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that during my two university degrees, I had in both degrees, I had like a exchange semester where I was like one year off to Spain both times and i didn't have any sim with me or any heli so there was nearly no flying so if you calculate it maybe it's 10 years active flying more or less nice and what got you into them originally what what piqued your interest well i have to say may mainly it was interest by myself i have owned, i wanted to fly something some RC stuff that flies, but um, my dad he introduced me to some RC stuff, but it was <laughs> it was mainly crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm an only child, so I guess my dad always wanted to have a boy. Mm-hmm. So very early, you can watch. There is an on my YouTube channel. There's a video which is like how did I come to fly helis, and I explain everything with child photos and baby photos and oh, wow. a bit of history. And, um, well, my parents introduced me very early to electrical stuff like trains and cars and Carrera and all that stuff. But nobody of my family did something like flying like planes or helis. And, um, yeah, well, I wanted to fly something. So I bought when I was, oh God, let me think, 16 years old. I bought from eBay like a Piper Cup, a secondhand one, because Mm -hmm. I couldn't afford anything more expensive. And of course, I didn't have any idea about what is the center of gravity, how do you Mm. uh, program a transmitter. So I didn't know anyone to help me. So, of course, I tried the most I could do and of course it crashed so I repaired it more or less then I went to my local hobby shop and said yeah here I have this plane and can you help me like I don't know what I'm doing wrong and they I really I I did I brought them so much money back in my train times so they I would say they should have helped me but they looked at me like oh but you're a 16 year old girl why do you spend your time with such a boy hobby? So look <laughs> over there. There is the there is the clothes shop. Go there and buy some clothes. That's what goes into it. Man, wow! So, you, yeah. guys hear, you guys hear Shaggy's ears perk up when she said trains twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So I knew that they would not be helping me, and in my family nobody had an idea about this so um i tried to help myself and tried and tried and tried and of course i crashed the plane even more until the end i said like yeah okay it it doesn't help i i don't know what i'm doing i don't know anyone to help me and uh, then when the pico z came out um i bought that one then i bought the coaxial one and then i found some people in a forum that uh, helped me when there was something was broken 
And that was originally my happy place because I knew some people that would help me if I had a question and they wouldn't say, oh, you're a girl, you don't belong here because they, they just helped me. And they really supported me a lot. And I guess if they wouldn't have been there, I guess I would have dropped the hobby anyway. Mm. So the, the hobby store really just didn't help you? They literally said, no, you're a girl, you shouldn't be doing this? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, I guess on that same being a lady in the hobby, how did you get the name First Lady? <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys, after our our last talk, you informed yourself about tabletop games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I played back then when I started my university career with about 21 years old. I started to do Warhammer 40k, which is like little figurines of weird little characters that you have to put together yourself. You paint them yourself, and then it's kind of a tabletop strategy game. I enjoyed more painting them and gluing them together than really playing any strategy, <laughs> which drive the guys in the shop nuts, but <laughs> I was just enjoying it. And um, back then, I also wrote in some forums, and in Warhammer 40k, I was really, in that forum at least, I was the only living girl. <laughs> and... Oh, yeah, so I thought like, okay, you have to give yourself a name. So take, yeah, the first lady because you are the first lady in this forum. Okay, that's fine. And then when I started the hobby stuff, uh, the the RC heli hobby stuff, I guess that was like carried over three, yeah. three years later or something. And I also started in the forums. I thought like, okay, again, what kind of nickname do you give yourself? So. Ah, you still have the first lady. Oh, I'm sure you're still the first lady. Okay, first lady, that's fine. And I didn't take it serious, but it seemed like the people remembered me with that name. Yeah. And then there was the point where I couldn't change it. So, it's yeah, very I kept yeah. it. Nice. Very cool. I so like how you said, hold on, I, I like how you said the only living girl. Yeah, I know, I was <laughs> like, are there dead ones or what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing, but didn't say anything. But it makes it makes sense, you know, because, you know, that's something that was just like our hobby. You know, girls are just not common, you know, that's to right. be part of yeah. it. So. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm very sorry about that. There are not any more girls, at least not active ones. I guess there are a lot of them, but most of them, when I'm on events like Global 3D, I'm, I mean, Venlo is quite a center spot. So you have people from the Netherlands, from Germany, from Belgium, from from the UK. And I speak to many people and there are, Often there are women talking to me and saying, yeah, yeah, I'm flying helis too. My husband teaches me, blah, 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 blah. And I say, yeah, but send me some videos of you flying. That's great. And she says, no, I don't want to be in the spotlight. I don't want people to watch me. So I guess there are a lot of them, but hmm. most of them hmm. don't want to be like active. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So do you uh, do you fly planks or airplanes at all? Uh, I owned one airplane, but that's, well, it wasn't a serious airplane. It was more like a glider with a motor on the back. So I could do some experience with it, but it was not really fun because you couldn't do anything with it other than flying around. You couldn't do any loops or any rolls. 
Um, when I'm in the sim, sometimes I'm trying a bit airplane. The most curious thing is that I have to get used to not to put the the, the throttle back as if it's a pitch <laughs> for the heli. So right, you're yeah. doing a loop and just like crash. <laughs> but yeah, in the simulator, I'm flying airplanes, but I know myself if I would start flying airplanes, I would start with a with an extra or with a yuck. And that would be nice. too big. I'm living in a very small flat here in Cologne, and already me and my boyfriend, we are in a very enclosed space. I have already like 10 to 12 helicopters here, and if I'm <laughs> starting with a three-meter diameter plane here in the flat too, no. No, no, no. It's really hard <laughs> to transport them too. I will be divorced even before yeah. getting married. <laughs> <laughs> You need to uh, you need to have a talk with Raquel's husband and have him fix you up on an airplane. He's not her husband. Oh, they're not. I thought they were married. No, 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 no. They're oh, just, okay. He's just the boyfriend. I okay. mean, I, I hope for her that uh, there will be more, but I guess they have a relationship since when? I don't know. Three years, maybe. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought they were married. Yeah, that's long enough. He should pop the question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Either way, either way, he has to let you fly his airplane. Yeah. So, do you have any other uh, non-RC-related hobbies? Oh, yeah, I have too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I told you back then, I was playing Warhammer tabletop games. Um, but I don't do that anymore. I still own the figurines. But, yeah, it's just it was more fun painting them and putting them together than actually playing. But I'm playing uh, video games since I'm eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, not PC. I could never get used to PC, honestly, because I don't like with the with the keyboard like mm. searching for the different keys. Like put the I for inventory and the M for map. And if I have a controller in my hands, I just know okay, the right thumb, left thumb. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I agree with it's, that. it's easier I for me, too. and I can just yeah. be slouchy on the couch and put a blanket until my <laughs> yeah. neck. <laughs> and have beer to the left and a pizza to the right, and then that's fine. Nice. <laughs> pizza uh, to the right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a necessity. That's the spirit of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing video games. So my mom, she supported me very much with that. So she bought me the first Game Boy back then. Oh, and wow. then since then, I worked my way up. And uh, I guess the last console I had was an Xbox. My boyfriend owns a PS4. He's nice. actually playing more than I am. Uh, I'm, well, I'm more watching uh, YouTube Let's Plays now in the time because I just, I just simply I don't have the time to play. I'm playing a bit of Switch. It's so funny. My mom is, she will, she will be 70 years old next year and she's still buying me every Christmas a new console. <laughs> <laughs> she's still supporting me. Uh, she liked to, to watch me play Legend of Zelda and all that stuff. Oh, man, that's uh, a classic. Love that one. Yeah. So she bought me a Switch, and she's quite happy when she sees me running around with it. But um, <laughs> if I could choose, I'm I'm really a fan of role-playing games like Skyrim, Mass Effect. Oh, wow. Uh, also shooters like Halo or Gears of War, stuff like that. Cope games. I, I really love cooperative games. But yeah, I'm, so I'm more the person that needs like minimum of like four yeah. hours free space to start playing 
Yeah, I mean, really if any one of yeah. you played a role-playing game like Skyrim, you know, like, if you haven't played for a week and then you come back and then you just have to figure out, like, where am I? What was my last task? What did I do? Where have I to go? And, <laughs> yeah, then if you just play for one hour, it's it's crap. It doesn't work. Right. And as I, I have never four hours left, I never play. Yeah. I used to play all the time. And then I took an arrow to the knee. Yeah. Well, <laughs> took an arrow. <laughs> Skyrim joke. Hope you got it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, let me think. Uh, that was Warhammer video games. Ah, yeah, I, I do a lot of sports if I have the time. I mean, you have to divide your time, your free time between all the hobbies. I love to go to the fitness center, do some heavy lifting, like okay. picking heavy stuff up. <laughs> I'm more <laughs> a guy than a girl, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's too much yeah. work. I gave up when I left the military. <laughs> yeah, it's like that joke my friends used to tell me. They're like, hey, man, you should lift weights. But I'm like, dude, those things are heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gucciarita now. Come on. Uh, what else? I love watching horror movies. Um, and I like from time to time to go out with some friends that share the same taste of music like me, which is uh, funny. Like I'm very, how should I call it? Like split between two directions. The one direction is like rock, metal, heavy metal. And the other part is techno. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a spread. <laughs> That's a very interesting mixture but yeah i have some people for every kind of music so uh, sometimes i go with them and sometimes i go with them nice very cool all right so kind of diving back into helis here what what kind of helis do you have in your fleet currently you want me to tell you everyone each one of them uh what you currently own yes Okay, so let me just turn around and watch onto my wall of shame. That would be Fireball Mini Comet 380, uh, 503 Blades, 500 Sports, a 570 for Night Flying, and uh, a 700 Competition that I converted to 3 Blades, my Goblin Black Thunder, which is now retired because I now have the Kraken. And um, yeah, well, in uh, down in the cellar, I have my Uvala and my F3C machine and my scale machine. Nice. Oh, wow. It's a lot of goblins. It is. What is the scale machine? <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Mike? Hashtag um, sponsor pilot. <laughs> my eyes twitching. His eyes twitching. <laughs> yeah, what but honestly, if you have that much helis, you never fly all of them. It's, it's. Um, I don't want to say it's it's a problem to be a sponsor pilot because I don't get everything for free. I uh, have with SAB. I have a budget, and um, yeah, depending if I want in one season year, I want like a new heli or if, if I want spare parts, I have to decide because both of it normally doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. But the problem is I would be fine to fly my Black Thunder for the rest of my life because I love this machine. It traveled with me like three times around the globe if you just count all the kilometers. But um, the problem is, if you're a sponsor pilot, of course, your sponsor also wants you to promote the newest models. Mm -hmm. 
So you have to get the newest models, but also it looks kind of bad if you sell the old models, because then the people will ask like, why are you selling it? Is it crap? Is it worse than the actual <laughs> stuff? So you keep it. And of course, me, for my, I, I can just tell myself, I have like a, an emotional connection to my helis like oh that was the heli i was flying back then on this event and oh it was so nice i may maybe it's a female stuff i don't know but <laughs> but i i can't it's very hard for me to sell helis i had to do it when i switched from thunder tiger to goblin and it really broke my heart to sell my a20 i mm. love this machine wow, so yeah. much and everyone told me like yeah keep it keep it you can still fly it in private like yeah, but flying it in private, you always have to look out if there is somebody taking a video of you that appears somewhere in the internet or is taking photos. And yeah, you mm -hmm. you can't really enjoy it and you have to get used to your new machines. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I guess that's the reason why I have so many helis. Hmm. So have you, obviously you haven't flown always goblins. So what other stuff have you owned previously? Like other brands that you've kind of had experience with well if you want to count then the pico z would be my first heli silverlit <laughs> then iskai lama v4 my coaxial one and then before thunder tiger my only one was a valkera df 37 the brushed one uh a lot of fun a lot of power yes brushed <laughs> um and then i directly started with thunder tiger only had Thunder Tiger helis. And when Thunder Tiger started to slow down a bit on the helis and they didn't have a 500, I bought myself secretly a Goblin 500. I fell in love with it. And then when I left Thunder Tiger for Goblin, I just had Goblins. So I guess the only helis I have down in the cellar are my Uvala, where a Mikado logo is built inside, a 690. And my F3C machine, where still a Thunder Tiger 700 is built into, and my scale machine, which is basically a Thunder Tiger 550 electric. But I, I don't know when I flew those helis the last time. It's a pity. I yeah. need to get my scale machine out. But every year I keep telling me the same thing, like, oh, you have to do it this year. But then I never do it. Yeah I, yeah, I wouldn't mind building a scale machine. I think that would be pretty neat to take out once in a while. Yeah, yeah it's nice. It's it's really something different. So you then focus so much more on flying precisely and doing like a landing in one go and not hovering and shifting around or just going down, the um, putting the, the landing gear out and then just putting it down in one go. That's That's super nice. Or flying backwards or... Mm -hmm. in the same altitude it's it's super exhausting if you try to do it right right sounds for so sure. responsible <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no inverted autos on the scale stuff scott nope. <laughs> right? yeah, it look, it's stuff. just called a scale crash okay yeah yeah <laughs> as long as you yell mayday mayday at the same no. time it was a, it was a detailed crash <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Goblin as a sponsorship. What other kind of sponsors do you have? I if any. have Contronic for motors and ESCs. Um, then, uh, yeah, well, Graupner is a bit dangling around because 
nobody knows what will happen with them now that they are taken over by the Asian people. So I used to be sponsored by Graupner for uh, the transmitter, the flyballers mm. and the servos. Uh, then SAB, of course, for the helis themselves and OptiPower for the batteries. Oh, nice. Hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, it's a good good mix of stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I, I normally I just take sponsorships. Well, it's it's a mixture between asking for sponsorships, like for Goblin, I really um, did a, a, how do you call it, like a proposal? No, I mm -hmm. guess proposal is the wrong word. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, okay. And uh, so I asked them. I knew somebody from them and I asked, like, do you, are, are you in need of a, of a female pilot that is doing a lot of social media work? But uh, other sponsorships like Contronic or Graupner or OptiPower, it just came with being on a lot of events and they see you doing a lot of social media stuff. And I think what most people don't see is that I'm not sponsored for being super skilled or winning competitions, which I, if you know me, I don't do competitions. It's just like those, those uh, companies also live from people that do a lot of social media work like doing like me right now these uh, learn how to fly series or just posting on facebook and keeping the people in spirit with go out fly and this is great and look here and this and i go to this event and go out share your passion i mean what need is a is a super professional competition pilot if he never is posting something you just yeah. see him on a competition and you hear in some website, oh, he gained the first ranking. But you never right. see anything of him. What He's you known, do actually gets people into the hobby more, I yeah, believe, I than a competition I can't win pilot. any competition. Mm -hmm. I have lower skills than most of the people that only are thinking about doing competition. But I'm trying to keep more the spirit up like, I'm here to help. Because when I started, as I told you, I didn't have any help. The, the people sent me away and said, like, yeah, this is a man's hobby, not a girl's hobby. So mm. do it yourself or don't do it. So I'm trying to fulfill the part that I wished I would have had back then. So I'm doing a lot of tutorials. I'm doing this learn how to fly series. I'm on events. I talk to people. I try to help them out as much as I can. And I'm trying to be a good spirit around in this hobby and i guess that's what most of the people don't see that it also takes a lot of time and a lot of messaging and emails answering and stuff and just being positive and being there for the people but it's it's the same value i guess like a, a sponsor pilot that does competitions very cool yeah i think i think you're doing a great job at it so keep up uh what you're yeah, doing absolutely. for sure yeah Thank you. So what uh you you mentioned that you reached out to Goblin uh what what kind of made them stick out over the other people for you? Well, I love the look of the goblins. I mean, I'm a designer, <laughs> university degree designer two times, so I'm very much about the visuals and all the helis I knew back then were like this typical like tail boom and canopy in front stuff, and the goblins looked very different um and i love the canopy design they did with the original goblins the green and the red one and um i don't know i guess it was the hype about the goblins that made me 
try the the 500 and it felt great it felt different and it felt great and i loved it and i thought like yeah from all the heli companies that are out at the moment i like the goblins the most i mean i don't want to say that the other brands are doing a bad job but for me there was all the time something that didn't work like this one for my opinion looked bad i can't relate to it because i think the heli looks ugly mm-hmm. <laughs> the other <laughs> one has is doing too much noise while flying the next one is i don't know too expensive or this and that and i don't know i'm i'm trying to do sponsorships with brands that i can relate to and if i really have my heart into it and i say like this is the thing i always wanted to fly and i love it then i just uh, then then that's the time where i can sell it to the people with 100% that's a great approach yeah 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 i i think that's the the best way to go about it sure absolutely well, cool. Uh, have you dabbled in nitro, and do you have a preference of nitro or electric? Uh, yeah, I have to disappoint the nitro flyers. <laughs> I've never owned a nitro. <laughs> gotcha. But this, oh, let oh, me no. explain. This comes from, um, well, I told you that I started my heli career while I was doing university degree, and I didn't even have a car back then. So when I was going out with my Raptor 550 back then with 6S, I was going out to fly. I Here in the middle of Cologne, I had to grab the, the train to go to the flying field. And still then I had to walk like 15 minutes. And uh, well, imagine that with a nitro and a backpack. Mm, good point. <laughs> so, uh, I don't see a problem. You don't see a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had a I had an electric because that was easy. I just put the um, sure. the transmitter, the toolbox, and three batteries into the backpack and carried the helicopter in the hand, and then that was possible. And I don't know. I always stick to electric. I remember that on one of my first Spanish events, there were the guys from Midland Helicopters, and they converted a Goblin Seven Hundred to a Nitro machine and uh it was it was great they they let me try it and yeah it felt great i always loved about the nitro that as a, a demo machine you can do so much nice stuff with the smoke close yeah. to the ground and the the sound is also nice and i was quite surprised how much uh power it had i always mm-hmm. imagined myself like it doesn't have a lot of power it feels more like a low rpm machine but it was great. And I would love to have a nitro, but the problem for me is I have times where I don't have really free spare time to fly. So the nitro would sit around like for, I don't know, four months or something. And yeah, I'm doing everything myself. I don't have any experience with nitro. I would have to ask a bunch of people like, can you help me like with the motor, with the adjusting, with the cleaning, with na 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 na. I would have to start from zero again. And with electric, I'm quite used to it. I know what to do. And if you don't um, have time to fly all the time too. You don't have time to wrench on it. And yeah. with nitro, you have to wrench on them. Yeah. You can't not. Don't give her excuses, Scott. I'm writing Enrico a uh, message. Right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you, Simone. Like you, you're already getting two check boxes here that uh, you know you're against against you more or less with Mike. Because not only do you fly Goblin, but now you don't fly Nitro. So we're gonna have to redeem you somehow. So by check boxes, <laughs> you mean citations. 
<laughs> there will be a fine. It'll be mailed to you in 10 to, 10 to 12 well, days. Well, if, if I'm around, be your nitro anytime. No worries. I will fly it. Go for We're going to write Enrico a message and, and make sure we work something out to get hey, you. Yeah, Enrico, yeah. Simone needs a nitro machine. Nitro. Beautiful Italian nitro That's machine. Right. This is the most beautiful goblin with nitro. <laughs> you have to be an original. Uh, yeah, be the original goblin girl. That's it. Oh man, oh, Enrico is so funny. Enrico and Stefano. Did you did you see any videos where Stefano? Uh, I guess it was Global 3D last year where he started to do the commentaries for the flights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, oh, that, that was so is. That in the Thailand heli blowout oh, commentary. Whoa! It's so funny because funny. Enrico is always the guy who is trying to be very serious, very professional, and Stefano is always the guy like, ah, oh, no, I don't care. Yeah, da 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 da. Awesome. And you can see, like, Enrico could never do commentaries like that, but Stefano, he just doesn't care. He wants to be funny and. <laughs> They are so different, both of them. Oh gosh! Yeah. Wow. Well, we've talked. Well, if a little you ever, of- if you come back to the states, we're gonna have to get some some nitro infused. This yeah. is just not gonna fly. Well, it sounds and like she digs nitro. Just you are exactly as you live so far. Yeah, we 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 will we will change that. We will infuse nitro. I mean, we'll come out with a case of fuel and I'll let you go away from the flight line until we waste it all. <laughs> well, I was flying nitro and it was fun. So um, I was I was uh, originally last year I wanted to do like a, a states tour, USA tour, but um, then I had the the offer to go to Australia and that ate up all of my vacations. Mm. So um, but still the the US tour is still on my list. I want to do that. I want to go back, but well, right now we have Corona. Haha, great. Yeah. So we will have to see when I do that. You gotta do Urcha. That's where it's yeah, going to be. Yeah, everyone tells me. But the problem is, like, Archer is, like, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually in the middle of Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, they, they have a, a college there. And, like, but three streets. I don't care about college. I'm done with two university degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any more education. Thank you. Yeah, in Indianapolis, you go see a, an American football game. Yeah, but I think you could see that in any other states, too. (laughs) That's true. You you got me there. Yeah, we'll have to look soon. You gotta go to Witcher Bats. If it's able to combine Urcha with uh, some other events or with some vacations with a certain route through the states, then maybe yes. But uh, I don't know. Urcha, just for going there for Urcha itself is just too expensive. Do uh, Winter Bash. So it's in Orlando. So you can do the weekend at the Fun Fly or whatever of the week. And then the following week at, uh, what do you call it? Disney World. Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like 30 minutes from Disney World. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Kyle and Bert, they invited me a lot of times. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be. Yeah, I have to see. Cool. Well, we've touched on it a little bit, um, but uh, what other supporting equipment do you have that you use? 
I know we've talked on batteries and radios and, and such, but uh, is there anything else that you use? Let me think. Well, I just last year I bought on Rotolife, I bought myself the the best little traveling charger that I ever owned. It's the ISDT D2. It's like a little mini box. I don't know if you know what charger I'm talking about, but it's a little mini box. It has a built-in, um, oh, how you call it in English, where you directly can plug it into the socket. Yes. Yeah. Um, it doesn't power device yep. and you can charge like you have uh, two outputs and you can charge up to uh, two times six s with I guess like oh, how high it goes but for my 5000 battery packs it's it's okay i can charge it with uh, 1c no problems and uh, it's it's super tiny and super lightweight so you can just put it into your luggage if you're going to an international event, because right now I'm always relying on people having a charger with the right cables and the right connectors. And right. so, yeah, that's, that's super handy. And I'm just using that, that one, even at home. And otherwise, let me think. No, I, I treated myself and bought myself a good uh, soldering station. I mean, what girls give as a present to themselves sometimes right. <laughs> the typical stuff like oh honey look now my soldering station is here i'm so happy like <laughs> okay yeah that's fine you are not weird um i'm still very happy with that um otherwise he he gave what? me a good toolkit Ooh. for birthday i guess because i was complaining about my old tools yeah, it's just typical girl stuff, you know, tools. <laughs> what about connectors? What kind of battery connectors do you use? Uh, I use EC5. I know that many people complain about it, but uh, for me, they do because, you know, I'm low RPM flyer. And normally, if I'm not in any special occasion with a lot of wind or where I have to fly high RPM for an event, normally I don't need more than 50 amps. So for me, that's fine. They don't melt away for me and they are easy. I can just throw the batteries into the, the backpack or into the car and I don't have to see that they don't um, do a shortcut or something. That's fine for me. Perfect. Yep. So uh, when you began dating, obviously, or well, when you started doing these helicopters and you started dating, what did, what did you know the guys think about your heli habit? Uh, well, let me think. When I started the heli hobby, I was in a very long relationship and the guy back then, he was playing a lot of video games with me, like this hardcore video game sessions like, I come visit you in your university city f on Friday and I leave on Sunday and we were just in front of the TV, just leaving for, for having dinner and lunch. So he was not wondering about everything. Uh, for him, it was fine. But then afterwards, when my dating career, so to say, a bit started uh, in between boyfriends, it was very hard, honestly. Um, yeah, because you have the impression when you when I go to an event and I talk to the people there. And of course, the people that go to an helicopter event or a model event, they are 
used to RC models. They like RC models. So they come to you and they say, oh, it would be so nice to have a wife or a girlfriend that also is doing RC stuff. Of course, <laughs> right. logic. But if you are outside of the RC people, <laughs> it's getting really weird. Because, I mean, just think about if you meet new people, like a friend of your wife or somebody, new friends, new neighbors, and they ask you, like, what are you doing for hobby? And you tell them, like, I'm flying RC helis. What do they think? <laughs> Nobody they understands. Pretty strange. And they say, like, oh, okay, like these little toys that flying around in circles. Yeah. Like, no, not really. Something different. And that's the same that happens when I was dating guys. So they are like, okay, so you're flying little toys. So I could see in their eyes, like, it was the meaning of, are you not too old for flying little toys around <laughs> right. the living room? And then I show them some videos and some pictures, and I tell them that I'm doing social media, I'm traveling around the world with that stuff in my free time. And then two things happen. It could be both things, but normally it's just one thing. So, like, on the one side, they are scared, like, okay, she's crazy. <laughs> The other part could be like, I don't know how to express that. It's not like jealousy, but it's more like she's a lot in this man, hobby, RC stuff thing. So they're a bit scared or both of it would also be possible. And I know that I was dating a guy. He was working at the police. And he was really, you could see like the eyebrow raising up, raising up, <laughs> raising up. And he was really like, are you serious? You're not joking? Like, no, here are the photos. Okay, so you need to compensate anything. So <laughs> you are sure about what you do? The most girls I meet, are, the hobby is like reading fashion newspapers and painting the fingernails. Like, yeah, could be, right. but not everyone is the same. And yeah, I mean, the, the problem is I had relationships with guys who had the heli hobby and people that were completely outside of the heli hobby. And um, both of it can work or is not working. Mm. You never have a guarantee. So I was during my second exchange semester in Spain, I uh, had a relationship with a Spanish guy and everything was fine, but he was super jealous about my hobby. Mm. So... Of course, we had a long-distance relationship, and he was looking forward to every single bank holiday weekend we could get. And when I told him, like, yeah, but on this weekend, I can't because there is Road to Life, and my sponsors want me to be there. And like, oh, your fucking heli hobby is always, like, <laughs> taking so much time. And... Then, of course, when he went here to Germany and I had like a super sunny weekend day and I asked him like, yeah, we can do a walk. But would you mind if we take the helis with us and I can do like two batteries flights, just like two batteries, <laughs> which is 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, you just always two. want just to go fly. This is not normal. Oh my gosh. Don't you want to spend time with me? Always the helis. This is not possible. Blah, 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 blah. I guess once he said, like, you have to decide the helis or me, and they said, no, don't let me decide this. Wow. No. That's this a not ultimatum. For you. <laughs> so funny. And, um, we're we're yeah. laughing because we're probably getting the same thing from our oh, wives, like, you know? No, you yeah, do get it from your wife, Kuchu. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, I mean, if, if, bad. She said, if she said, let's go on a walk, and you're like, cool, I'm going to bring the fireball. Just two flights, <laughs> honey. Just two flights. You'd be divorced. 
<laughs> I think my Probably. wife would go for it. My wife would be like, all right, just make it quick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she gets it. Yeah, but my, my boyfriend is the same. I took him, took him with me, um, I guess, two years ago to Global 3D, as it is from Cologne. It's 40 minutes drive. And normally you pay entrance. And I told him, because he's not completely bored by the hobby, he's just saying, like, the hobby is cool, and I think it's cool that you're doing this, but I'm really not interested in it. I think it's funny what you can do with a heli, and very cool what you can do with a heli, but I don't want to learn it, and I don't want to go to the field with you, which is fine for me. And I told him, like, if you want to see what's possible, if you want to see the best people of the world, then come with me for one day to Global 3D so you can see the best of the best. Sure. And you will go as my mechanics. Haha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you don't have to pay entrance. And he said, yeah, okay, good. Let's do it. That's so awesome. uh, he was having a lot of fun there. And it was so nice because I had to explain him. Uh, what what the people do and what is hard and what it's not hard because he was watching the first flights and I told him, yeah, now you see the difference between the pro pilots and your stupid girlfriend and he says, well, actually, it looks the same for me and like, no, no. <laughs> please don't You're just don't like, compare yes. any code with me. So no, that's that's completely different. And like, yeah. yeah, of course, he's flying a bit quicker and he's a bit more spinning around with the tail, but. The rest is for me, it's the same. And then I explained him like, okay, if you're having the tail flipping around the whole time, rotating, then it's a very hard maneuver because it's difficult to control. And if you're just uh, inverting the rotation direction, then it's even more difficult. So then he was standing there watching and said, oh, 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 he he didn't, uh, he inverted the tail rotation. So he's good, right? He's good. (laughs) That was so sweet, but yeah. he really enjoyed it. He enjoyed the music flights a lot. That's but awesome. um, yeah, I mean, I asked him the next the next year, I guess last year, I asked him if he wanted to join again. And he said, "No, honestly, I saw it once, and that's fine for me." Yeah, I mean, nice. that's that's it. Like, with cool. Hobby. Be like, cool. High five. See you uh, in about a couple of days. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I I left for three weeks for Australia. So he's he's more or less he's saying like yeah you know I'm fine if you're going one week to Turkey one week to Athens or uh, three weeks to Australia for me it's fine because then I can be by myself ordering pizza all day long uh, living in my underwear uh, pushing putting my socks all the way through the floor so oh god I sometimes I say please don't do any photos while I'm away because I will get a heart attack when I see how, what the fat <laughs> But he knows he's then at the end of my stay, he's then writing me like, oh, when exactly are you coming back? And then I know he's already planning to get everything in. Yeah, do uh, a massive cleanup. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, I'm clean up again. Uh, but um, the, the biggest problem I would say for a, whim, a woman in a hobby is like, man can be quite jealous. And with, for example, my Spanish boyfriend, the problem was that it's it's a man's hobby, right? It's we we can't change it. It's it's like that. So like ninety nine percent of the people flying, or ninety nine point nine percent of are men. So if I'm going to an event, it's mostly men. And um, so if you're going to an event like me in Germany, 
then they could eventually control you like secretly following you with the car and looking what you're doing. But if you're going, for example, to Turkey, to Spain or even to Australia, um, I heard sometimes sentences like, yeah, in Spain or in Turkey, of course, they are just like flirting with you all the time long and blah, 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 and trying to get you and you can do whatever you want because I cannot control it. Like, yeah, thank you. You could also do whatever you want while I'm away. So it's it's a yeah. trust thing. Sure. And um, some people just can't stand the imagination, Derek. You are a, well, let it's not really serious, famous, I don't like this word, but you're well known in this hobby as a female pilot, and then you are going somewhere where the, the your boyfriend can't control you. Right. And it needs a lot of trust, and I'm happy that my actual boyfriend, he doesn't have any problem with that. Perfect, yeah. Well, very cool. Um, so that said, uh, how many languages can you speak? Well, German, of course, is my mother language, the hard war language. <laughs> um, then uh, English since, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the first school, grammar school? Always get confused how the, the UK people call it and how the US people call it. Well, the very first school where you are under 10 years old. Uh, I had uh, English since then. And since my first exchange semester, I speak Spanish. Okay. Well, the reason I ask is because obviously you are, uh, you get to go to a lot of different countries for different events. And um, obviously there's, do you experience, you know, uh, language barriers and, you know, and how many of these events do you typically attend uh, each year? Mm, how many is always dif uh, different. Um, there are years where I have more international ones than national ones, and sometimes it's vice versa. Um, I mean, I'm in the luxury of living in Cologne, which is very close to Belgium and Netherlands, so I have like 40 minutes to each border. So um, I really don't count them as international, although they are. Um, I mean, Venlo normally is on my, on my list. Uh, Halifast is on my list. Um, something like the US or Australia, of course, is far off. Like, this is a very special occasion because right. it's very far. Um, I went, I guess, in the last five years, I went six times to Turkey, two times to Athens. Wow. Uh, and I guess the only place where I really had uh, language problems was Greece. Because in even in Turkey, uh, I can read the letters. <laughs> and uh -huh. in Greece, it's just square, triangle, circle, <laughs> and you feel like an idiot, and you can't even see what's written on some street signs. Right. And the words, I mean, all the the European languages, they are all derived from Latin, more or less, or from English. So I had Latin at school. And this is why English, French, uh, not English, uh, Spanish, French, Italian languages, they are all very easy for me. So at least I can understand them. And English, of course, is not a problem. So also Portuguese, if I read it, 
I can understand what it says. I cannot speak it. I also can't speak Italian or French. But if people speak slowly or they write it down, I can more or less understand it. But in in Greece, it was impossible. Wow. It doesn't follow any sense that I know. <laughs> and it always, when I go to another country, I uh, do a new uh, notes page in my iPhone where I just... Uh, write down all the small stuff like yes, no, thank you, please, uh, you're welcome, how are you? And then I write it down in the other language more or less so I can say it. And even in Turkish, it was easier for me to remember than in, in Greece. Greek is so difficult. Yeah. So uh, are there... Uh or is there a country that holds an event that really sticks out in your mind? Is there an event that you enjoy going to? Um, well, the SAB factory opening in Italy two or three years ago, it was quite funny yeah. <laughs> because everyone got so drunk, including <laughs> Sebastiano Gabuti, Carl Stacy, and Bert Camera. Was Tarek there? No. <laughs> Hello, my friend. No. Yeah, my friend. Yeah, that was very <laughs> funny. I don't want to go into details, but it was really funny, including some pranks. And oh, my God. Oh, we no. were so you, drunk. You we we ended up. I, I remember <laughs> that Sebastiano and uh, Kyle. I, I mean, we ended up coming back from SAB factory completely wasted to the little town where our hotel was uh, based. And then we found a bar that was still open. We scratched together all the rest of the euros that we had and bought some wine and beer. And then even when the bar closed at about three or four o'clock in the morning, then uh, Sebastiano and Kyle said, yeah, come to our room. We have a mini bar. There are some beers in there we can share. And then I guess I just fell asleep on the on on the on the bed. <laughs> and I, I woke up on the next morning like with these panda panda bear eyes. <laughs> and I just <laughs> sneaked out of the room it's like, oh my god, the boys can't see me like that. Uh yeah, but that was funny. Then um yeah, well, Australia was very nice because it was very far away and I could uh, I could do some vacations afterwards. US, I like the US very much. Uh, this is the reason why I want to come back because I really like the mentality of the people and it's it's in a kind it's different although it wasn't that different. It's it's very hard to explain. I don't know. It was an experience itself and i really want to go back again i guess this one week was not enough and um, to say like the event that stood out most maybe was uh the shg funfly it wasn't really a fun it was an air show in turkey i went there two times and uh, the guy who is doing that he had built in the desert he built his own airport he owns several planes real planes real helicopters he's a flight instructor and i don't know how much money this guy has but it's incredible he's building a museum and a hotel and this and that and uh, he's doing this kind of fun flights and air shows every year and he invites um international pilots so i was the only one from the rc uh, rc side and i was flying my rc helicopter and uh, the funny thing is like He's really pushing it. So it's in the middle of nowhere. 
there's no big city around. Ankara is like two hours far away and he's inviting he's not not taking any entrance fee and there are i guess like 10 or 30,000 people over the weekend like coming from everywhere and you have like this um this uh, uh how could, do you do you call it like like in a stadium where the people sit on several levels oh wow to watch the the, the airfield and Almost. you as a idiot with your mini rc helicopter which is 100 million times smaller than the real stuff that is flying you're going out and flying there and then they pick you up after your flight they pick you up with an uh, bmw cabrio you sit in the back of it and then you they drive you along the the flight line where you can greet all the people (laughs) and you can wave to them like like a superstar you feel right? like rob williams like uh is this a dream no that's that's <laughs> not real i'm just flying a stupid rc helicopter i'm not a star <laughs> oh, that was yeah. we're taking notes i think uh mike for the north jackson fun fly we need to get a truck put some lawn chairs in the back yeah and after each flight we're gonna take the pilots up and down the runway yeah, we're gonna get like a like a 1982 Chevy S10. There you go. That smokes. Yeah, it smokes real bad. We'll we'll cart you around, Dan. Yeah. That's uh, awesome, though. That there, you know, there's people out there that do those kind of you know events, you know, across the the whole world, so to speak. You know. Yeah, I mean, mainly it's an air show with real stuff, and I'm the only one with the RC stuff. So. Yeah. That was always very weird. So what kind of reactions do you get from people, you know, when you show up to some of these events being a woman pilot? Oh, in Turkey, it's, it's super great. It's, um, they have like, uh, they have a separate hangar where they also have some small shops that are selling stuff. And, um, so after your flight, they have like, a um, uh, how do you call that? Uh, where you have the small postcards that you can sign autograph. Yeah, autograph cards. Yeah, yeah, where you can sit down and do autographs. And you have people lining up in a queue, like you can't see where the end is. And they come to you and say, oh, you're so great. And oh, like small children that ask me to sign their forearm or their, their mobile case. Oh, wow. <laughs> or women that could speak English, uh, German because their husband is working in Germany or something like that. Many of those have somehow relationships to Germany and many of those can speak German and they are just like super grateful, like, oh, this is such a great show and you were flying to music and I've never seen something like that. You are a hero. Are you coming again? And that's that's just mind blowing. No, I I definitely could see how that could happen. You know, especially in um, the Muslim culture. You know, women doing things like this is just not norm. The norm. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, in terms of today, do you believe that women have a bigger barrier to get into the hobby and be successful, like you are, Simone? Uh, I would say they have bigger barriers. Yes, um, to be successful. No, I don't think so. The problem is that um, guys make it themselves for women very much easier to be successful as soon as they push through it and they really want to do it. Um, 
yeah, I experienced sometimes a bit of hate in the hobby, which I don't want to say like it's most of it is hate, like 95% of the feedback I get is positive, but the 5% I get, which is negative, is super negative. And it's just uh, crazy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just blows we hate my that mind. Yeah, I mean, right. haters, haters gonna hate, right? That's right. <laughs> it's always the same. Um, and back then, when I started with Thunder Tiger, I mean, I was posted as a sponsor pilot. I mean, I was just supported, so I got a, a, a discount. And the people thought, like, oh, she's getting everything for free now. She can crash. She can learn. Oh, good for her. She's a girl, and that's why she has a sponsorship. Um, people sometimes are very bad informed and they are very often very jealous. That's what still happens today. So I get a lot of messages and sometimes emails that, or I read in forums. Sometimes I Google my own name and then I end up on some, I don't know where forums and I just read my name and then I read the whole context. And there are so many weird assumptions about me or about girls in the hobby. And uh, sometimes people just assume that you open your legs and you get everything. Like, no, <laughs> it's not like that. Uh, they don't understand that sponsoring nowadays, where the hobby is very weak, is never like, oh, here I am. Please send me three helicopter kits and... As soon as I crash, please please send me another kit and some spare parts. No, it's not like that. You have to work for it and uh, you have to do a lot of stuff. So if I have a new heli and I need from Contronic new motor and ESC and from Graupner new servos and a flyballess unit, of course, they ask me like, what are you going to do for us? So what will be the benefit for, for us? And I say, yeah, I'll write an article for the Rotor magazine. I will do a video about how to set up a new model. I will do a video about this. I will bring the helicopter model with your electronic devices to this and this and this and this events. So yeah, it's, it's also a lot of work. You can't just sit down and say, please give me the stuff I want and I will never do anything. No, it doesn't work like that. But um, because of people's jealousy, sometimes it makes it quite easy for women to be successful because if you have a very thick skin to push through and to get over this initial fear that people will hate you and write you bad emails and yeah, well, hate on you in person, as soon as you push through it and you are active and you say like, sorry, fuck you, <laughs> I'm doing what I want to do, um, <laughs> then you will be successful in your very own way and just be yourself and be authentic and that's it. That's amazing because, you know, that brings up a lot of, I guess, negative points, but there's so much positive in there too, which when you, why I took it as a positive is you saying that you got to push through and understand that you know, you're still, you know what you do in return for some of those sponsorships. You know, it's not like you're just taking it for free, you know. So yeah, I mean, that maybe worked like uh, 10 years ago or six years ago when the heli hobby was like on top of its peak. But right now with the hobby decreasing, it doesn't work. The, the sponsors also have to look where they get their money from. And if you just say like, yeah, send me the stuff and I will fly it for me in private and nobody will see it. Of course, they won't, they, they won't say, yeah, yeah, here you go. Here you have material for 1000 euro. <laughs> 
I wouldn't do it if I would be the company. So, but yeah. if somebody is saying like, yeah, I'm bringing to this and that event and we'll do advertising and writing articles. Yeah, that's a different kind of story. Yeah, even for us here in the States, you know, a lot of us, well, a lot of the, not us, but a lot of the people that are sponsored, they get a discount. They don't get anything for free. They still pay for a lot of the product. And then in for that discount that they get, they have to do some kind of social media, you know, um, publish something on social media or, you know, just be there for help at an event, you know, represent the product the best that you can, you know, you don't show up with stuff falling off. So there's, there's a lot of work that people don't think about, you know? Yeah. Also like, you are forced to fly only the products from your sponsor. I can't go out and fly like, oh, uh, today I'm flying a T-Rex. Today I'm flying a logo. Today I'm flying an Excel Power. No, I can't. And I can't say, well, today I'm trying out uh, ESC from Hobby Wing and from here and there. No, I can't. Maybe V-Bar is better than a Graupner GR18. Could be. It depends on the personal opinion. But for me, GR18 is fine and Graupner is my sponsor and I'm flying it end of the story and uh, yeah that's that's like the contract you do with your with your sponsors and i i just don't like people that are just hunting for sponsors like for being or for seeming like very important because they have a long list of sponsors but these are also sponsors that i don't really i don't want to say like but you know like for me like my the sponsors i have these are brands that I really like and I like their products and I would always stand up for their products and say, okay, I know these products. I fly them in my everyday life and I wouldn't change them if I don't have to. Yeah. That's the best way to look at it. Like if your sponsorship was to stop, would you still fly that product? Then you know, you're in the right on the right team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that kind of stuff, um, what do you believe fuels the hobby? Do you think it's the actual heli products you fly, things that are coming out this new, or do you think it's maybe just the people in the hobby? What makes it interesting for you? For me, well, maybe for me it's different than for other people. Um, I guess for when people ask me like what it's what is uh, very interesting about the heli hobby, I always tell them the heli hobby has so many aspects. So if you decide to fly a heli, you don't have to do like the 3D smacking stuff because many people don't like it. Mm -hmm. um, but you have so many things to decide between. Like you can do night flying, you can do music flight, you can do F3C, you can do scale, uh, you can do smack, you can do low RPM. There are so many things to do. And um of course, new products always feed the interest and keep the whole hobby rolling a bit, like three blades, nitro, and trends that come and go. For me, they are not that important, honestly, because I think nowadays every heli is flying. Like, you can do 3D with any heli. Of course, some of them are better. Some of them are different because i don't want to say some are worse i guess it always depends on your personal taste what you like and where your emphasis is um but uh, i think the thing that is keeping me most into the hobby is really the spirit of the people that share the same hobby like the passion for rc heli flying like uh, when i went to istanbul where i was invited by some 
private people that paid for my flight ticket because they really wanted me to be there. And they said like, yeah, it's not a real big flying club and it's not a fun flight. It's just us meeting there and doing barbecue. And I was flying to Istanbul. And I mean, like 80% of them couldn't even speak English. And you were just communicating with hand and feet, but you saw like the same smile on their faces when they were doing the first loop or the first circuit. And uh, or when they were sometimes night flying and they crashed the heli, they were all laughing the same, like, oh, this idiot, he is always crashing. Like, <laughs> la, la, la. and I don't they know. They know me over in Istanbul? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it, it doesn't matter where you go. If you go to Australia, to Istanbul, to Greece, to the UK, to Ireland, it doesn't matter where you go. The people and the passion and the hobby is always the same and they are happy about the same stuff they say they share the same hobby and everyone is welcoming you into this big family and that's something i never really experienced with any other hobby to be honest i love that aspect of it and it's like like you said anywhere you go it's all the same people really regardless of language and what they do but Awesome. And speaking of crashing and having a smile on your face, uh, do you consider yourself a quote unquote classy crasher or do you get really mad and you crash something or are your crashes usually really severe like uh, like rekits or are they pretty mild? Mm, I don't crash a lot because I'm always I'm not scared to crash. I know that it's part of the hobby, but I just hate to crash because i have to repair everything by myself mm -hmm. i would love to have a personal mechanic <laughs> but i have to find another boyfriend for that um maybe i have to search for a toy boy that's mechanic enough. yeah yeah <laughs> oh god um i'm taking in proposals if everyone anyone wants to propose yeah i mean um <laughs> Uh, no, I just hate crashing. Um, I love building helis because everything is clean and everything fits, but to crash is like, oh, if you, if you really can see like, okay, I crash, these parts are broken, I will repair them and then the heli works fine. But normally it's not like that. Then something, oh, I forgot now this blade grip. Oh, I didn't see it. Now I have to reorder something again. And now this, and I forgot about that. And now it's making a strange noise and I don't know where it's coming from. And I repaired it. Uh, oh, I hate that so, so much. So frustrating. That's why you have and to crash like, uh, like skids here. Because when he crashes, there's literally <laughs> nothing left. That's right. So just to die. Then easy. You just put it in the trash death. and you move on. Yeah, I guess I just had one crash like this. Oh, no. It was the only time I was doing a competition because I was forced to many years ago in Spain. Uh, they had a competition about um, freestyle for three minutes, nothing else. And I guess we were like 15 or 10 pilots. I don't know. And uh, yeah, the guy said like, oh, yeah, you are in. If you want or not, like, I didn't practice. So today is the competition. Yeah, thanks. Uh, what should I do? Like, I'm used to low RPM flying. And normally I fly like 10 minutes with a battery and you want me to do everything in three minutes. Thank you. And I flew the shit out of this heli. And <laughs> in the top five, I guess, I was in the finals on the next day. And the place where we flew was like a private airport 
mini airport and there were some airplanes taking off uh, and landing in the background. And I was asking the organizer like, okay, but this is very dangerous. If you're flying like big circles or something, you are coming towards the, the main flight line of them. So I don't, I don't feel safe with that. And he said, no, 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 no. I told them that as soon as we are doing competition, they don't do their flight thing. Yeah. And I was really, I was in the finals. I was super nervous. I was, and I don't think I never flew better than this. I did hurricanes like Kyle Stacy, like, three feet off the ground something like this in a super super high speed and i was thinking like wow you got this you can go into the top three your first competition wow great and then uh, my caller just told me from the right like oh by the way there is a plane coming in (laughs) and then i saw it with my right eye i saw it in in this kind of off eye space I saw the plane coming in and I knew that my hurricanes, as they were so speedy, they were too big and I, they were crossing the flight line of the plane. So I was just pulling elevator in. Of course, I lost all the lift and then I crashed into, oh, no, no. into the mm. ground. And yeah, there was really nothing left. <laughs> that was my my worst crash ever. And it wasn't yeah, really my fault. And I'm still mad at it. <laughs> Those hurricanes will get you, right, Skids? they don't leave much left oh they just leave a skid in the dirt (laughs) (laughs) it leaves like one not broken tail blade and that's it right oh great Mm. salvageable perfect yeah (laughs) something for the wall yeah it's worth it (laughs) this is all that's left from my competition still though (laughs) you said you placed fifth right uh yeah yeah fifth or fourth i guess yeah it's fantastic yeah back then it was great but um i guess there was only one competition where i wanted to uh, really to compete which was in the uk the uh uk champs like six years ago i really wanted to join them and i was practicing my set maneuvers and i was practicing my flight to music and then like two weeks before my boss told me like no there is an important project you can't have your vacations Uh, no like fuck you (laughs) so bad never any competition again that's frustrating Terrible. But speaking of competitions and pro pilots, are there any uh, pro pilots in the hobby that you consider a role model or someone you uh, you know you look up to? Um, I know that back then when I started, there was as a female pilot, there was only Raquel Raquel Bello from mm-hmm. Spain, as she was really the first official female pilot, and she also did a lot of competitions back then in Taiwan, Align, Fun Fly, and the stuff. And I'm since guess eight or ten years i'm good friends with her we write nearly daily on whatsapp and um her family is like my second family for me when i lived in valencia i saw them every weekend (laughs) and uh, yeah she was back then when i was a beginner she was really my idol i said like wow she's doing all this female power stuff she's going out there she's not scared she's doing the competitions she's 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 just there and she's just her and she's not scared and uh, let me see flight style wise i would say my favorites are um alan zabo jr oh wow uh nick maxwell and carl stacy nice awesome 
because I like the big aerial stuff, but very precise, not too much pirate thing. I don't like too much pirates. Um, and Kyle Stacy, for example, is a person where I can stand next to him on a fun fly and I'm not scared of being in <laughs> danger of my life. Right, yeah, you feel There's safe. Some... It's not like in your face scary. Yeah, I've been standing next to some very famous pilots and I don't want to be there again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want As to have <laughs> any games. No, but um, yeah. Kyle, Sebastiano, also, I mean, Nick is flying super safe. He's like a Swiss clock. Oh, I yes, love watching is. him fly. He yeah. can do everything. I remember when we went, I guess, one of my first international events in the UK, where there was this guy from Australia, and he built a self-made 1000 helicopter. Oh, wow. Like, it was a stretched T-Rex 700 with multiple tail booms glued into one another. <laughs> no, thank you. It, it, looked, it looked so scary. And he said, yeah, it's so great. It flies and it can also do 3D. And don't worry, it just looks scary. And he said, yeah, Simone, you are flying like this low RPM 3D smooth stuff. So it's great for you. And I was so scared. I was flying it. But I just did like 20% of what I can do because I didn't want to destroy it. And right. then he gave it to Nick Maxwell and Nick was flying everything. And at some maneuvers, the thing was just like shaking like hell. It explode in three, two, one. And everyone was running away. And only Nick and the, the manufacturer of the heli, they were standing like there, the manufacturer with a big smile on his face, like, oh, it looks so nice. And Nick like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's fine. No, no, I will save it. It's fine. Oh, God. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. He's a robot. He's incredible. Yeah, he is. He's my favorite for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Simone, uh, what what was, uh, how did your your trip to the U.S. come about? Uh, you know, you mean uh, how how I was invited? Yes, like how did how did that come into play? Well, I have to say that there was um, one guy who invited me and he's a private person. So he paid for my flight to the U.S. all by himself. Wow. Uh, his name was Robert Westcott. He's doing like um, uh, caps stitching and stuff and T-shirt stitching like a side hobby. Uh, to his normal job and he said yeah you know if i take my earnings from one year i can uh, i always wanted to meet you in person and for me to go to europe it's more expensive than to bring you here to the us and you can also go to rchn so you also see a, a big uh, helicopter event in the us and it's nice so come to seattle i will take care of you wow and oh, wow. it was really overwhelming and it's also, I have met so many nice people in the hobby, and I'm really a person that normally is not scared. But if you have somebody you never met, a private person, a guy as a woman who is inviting you to come to the US, to the, well, not really other side of the planet, but pretty far away. <laughs> and he's saying, yeah, I will pick you up and I will take care of you. And even my boyfriend was like, are you sure? Right. Do you know him? <laughs> this clearly, this it, clearly was not the Spanish boyfriend. No. Right. 
so Baya said, yeah, I have a good feeling with it. I will try it. And um, yeah, it went out fine. So he invited me. He showed me around Seattle. And on the next day, we went to RCHN and it was really a really good time. That's so awesome. I really have to be thankful for him because he was paying like a thousand euro for my flight and... True. He didn't want me to pay a lot of stuff extra. I said, yeah, okay, you paid for my flight. Please let me pay for the hotel or let me pay for the dinner with you or let me pay for this. No, 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 I'm fine. Like, oh, makes me feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, I I actually, uh, well, he reached out to me and my fiance, Dana, and wanted us to come out to the RCHN event. Yeah, right. I remember and uh yeah we unfortunately we couldn't make our schedules line up but he offered to pay for our airfare to get us out there as well so he's wow one heck of a guy yeah. for sure he's so. too good for the hobby <laughs> yeah yeah so uh speaking of the rchn event um how does that compare to like events over in germany like what was the experience like compared to other events that you've been to um well, I've been to many events, so it's very difficult to compare it to everything. But um, what I remember, I mean, the mentality in the U.S. is very different. So every country has its own mentality. I mean, Germany, <laughs> I'm not a very big fan of Germans, although I'm from here. But uh, the more you travel outside or into the world, the more you see the benefits and the disadvantages of your own people. So um yeah. The German people are a bit more square heads. They like everything in order. And if you do a fun fly, they just clap sometimes. And if you crash, maybe a bit more. But yeah, that's it. Camping, they do camping, but mainly just for having a place to sleep. You need um, some government uh, okays for doing night flight and doing fireworks and doing this and having loud music on till then and blah 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 and uh, yeah and on RCHN it was completely different we were on a on the field of the farmer far off and yeah there was nobody really caring about it so everyone was there with the big campers I mean bigger campers I have seen never in my whole life <laughs> the thing where i was sleeping and it was bigger than my own flat here in cologne i have the feeling <laughs> but uh yeah um it was it was very nice i have the feeling that the people in the u.s they are so much more caring and really interested in you i'm not used to that Really, like people are really like, oh, where do you come from? And tell me and oh, that's so great. And tell me more. And you can really have nice conversations with them. Um, yeah, the camping thing and the night flying thing is, yeah, of course, very different to what I'm used to. Um, let me think. Yeah, I mean, the hot, hot apple pie guy is a thing for itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've experienced the hot apple pie then, huh? Yeah, it's more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, we arrived on Thursday. So on Thursday night, I had some hot apple pie and they started the night flying and I was like, ooh, I had a bit... Not too much, but, you know, with the night flying, with the floodlight flying, you have to be very careful. Although you feel fine, you know that your reflexes are not that fine. So, and I just had one heli with me. I didn't have any spare parts or anything. So I said, no, I don't want to risk it. So 
so I stay at the ground for this for this evening and I guess on Friday and Saturday I did some night flying that was fine so I did it very early so afterwards I could have some hot apple pie and I guess on <laughs> Saturday night we had so much hot apple pie and I remember like uh, being with um Oh, what was was it name? Oh, I'm so bad with names. But there were two guys from there, and we were drinking like crazy. And at the end, I guess one of them he was very wasted, and I teach them uh, some drinking sentences in German. <laughs> I don't know if they still remember, but it was quite funny. Yeah, that's awesome. That's funny. <laughs> so. Uh... Us here at, at Heliheads have been hearing a rumor going around that uh, you said that you can kick Kyle Stacy's ass in a flight competition. But and I can kick too... Kyle Stacy's ass in any way possible. Right. He's <laughs> he's too scared to go up against you. So is there is there any truth to this rumor, or is it just that a rumor? Yeah, he's scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> so would you would you like to? Uh, would you like us to give you a minute? You can uh, do some some smack talk to him. Maybe smack call him out. Talk? Yeah. What, what would be smack smack talk? Uh, so be like, hey Kyle, you ain't shit. I will win any competition against you because you're weak. <laughs> Your stuff is weak. You can't peer off for nothing. Uh, yes, yep. right. Oh no, I don't think I can do it in that way. Yeah. <laughs> Just give him a give him a one liner, Kyle. Yeah. You fly like skids. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> No, tell him. Tell him his globe looks like an egg. Oh, Ooh. that hurts! <laughs> hurts a lot. <laughs> oh no. gosh! Hey, Kyle, you can't do the low RPM stuff like your grandma Simone does. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. There we go. I mean, I'm like ten years more than ten years older than him. I mean, that makes me feel so bad. <laughs> I feel like a grandma. Oh gosh! Well, Tariq called him that. Tariq said that he's old enough to be uh, a Kyle's dad. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Tariq is very special in his his own way, with his three cell phones and I don't know how many wives. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's legal over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just remember it was also the SAB factory opening and we went out for dinner. I guess it was one of the first days and we were there with Bert camera and Susie was also there and uh, Kyle and Sebastiano, me and a lot of other guys. And then Tarek began to put all his smartphones onto the table and he told us like, yeah, this is for my daughter and this is for my first wife and this is for my family and this is for them. Like, okay, isn't that a bit complicated? No, no, no. It has to be like this. And then on one point he tried to convince Bert like it's good to have several wives and Susie was sitting (laughs) next to him. Oh, man. <laughs> I was just watching it like oh god how will this all end I'm not sure and Susie was like fake smiling the whole time oh, yeah. like I'm curious what Bert will say yeah, to get out his demise <laughs> yeah. she probably had claws in Bert's knee like don't even think about it pal <laughs> that's hilarious well speaking yeah. of Tarek and Bert give us your best imitation of Tarek. Can you do it? 
Oh, Tarek. Uh, Tarek is more, yeah, my friend, my friend. You you can do it. So this, this you do, then the pirouette thing, you go up and down and then to the right and then to push, pitch, and then up, <laughs> down, and then you're done. Yeah, my friend, this is Tarek style. Yeah, thanks to you. <laughs> thanks to you. Perfect. Perfect. Dad, Sounds like cheat codes. Nailed it. Uh, so how about Bert? <laughs> Give us your best grumpy Bert impression. Oh. Bird. Oh my god. Let it's me just think. Be Bird grumpy. is more like yeah, the, the grumpy voice like <clears throat> Yeah, so uh the the we here we have the mini comet. It's a beautiful machine. So you see like this this is very versatile and the module and already it's too hot here out in Florida, but still <laughs> this thing flies like crazy and even if it's cold and in Florida it doesn't get cold. But yeah, this thing flies really great. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Perfect. Ugh. Oh my god. Bullseye as I call it. <laughs> Yeah, it's too hot. It's too cold. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, Bert is so nice. He every time I meet him, he tells me again that uh, he has uh, his relatives are from Germany, and he always tells me from which mini town they were. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know this town. Yeah, and we always used to cook this and that. My grandma used to cook this and that. Do you know that? Like, no, I don't know. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's nice. But he's always so friendly and so funny when when I meet him. It's nice. I love him. <laughs> oh gosh. So, uh, do you have a maneuver that is very difficult that you've learned how to do and that you enjoy doing? Do you have like a technical maneuver that you really enjoy doing? Uh, well, you know, I'm not about technical stuff because I don't fly competitions, so I don't have any need for that. Uh, I mainly do maneuvers that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And one which I fly since several years is the funnel. Okay. Because I like the funnel with a two-blade machine, even with high RPM or low RPM. The sound the heli does when it flies yeah. really close to you. does like... Yeah. It's... Oh, it's so nice. I was flying that with my 770 with low RPM once for a toy fair in an outside football stadium where you have a lot of echo. And that's, oh, that's goosebumps feeling. Yeah. And right now I'm trying to do the, um, also the nose down funnel. Okay. Like Kyle does. So very close to the ground because the normal uh, nose up funnel, I can do that uh, very close to the ground and also with wind. And now the next step is the nose down funnel. Okay. So in addition to the nose down funnel, are there other maneuvers that you're trying or that you're currently working on? Uh, currently, I'm working on the um, pyro TikTok. Oh, wow. I'm not so much, I'm not out, so much into pirating stuff. Uh, I don't like pirating stuff in general, but the pirating TikTok, I like it very much because when it's in place, it does fit to a lot of musical, music flight stuff. And um, I was seeing, I don't know, do you remember Timo Curlis? I do know that name. Yeah, he was pilot number, was it, pilot number seven on Helimasters Night Flight. The one who was doing like uh, w- was doing the night flight with the skits, uh, throwing fire. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you know that one. Uh, yeah, I've but, probably seen it. Um, yeah, Timo Curtis was a 
really badass skilled pilot from Germany. <clears throat> I visited him back then when he was training for Helimasters and um, he was flying in Spain a maneuver which was basically a funnel like 10 centimeters off the ground like I don't know how much feet that is like one foot off the ground like super close to the ground and he was doing one pirate through the whole circle a super slow pirate and that looked so freaking awesome mm, and yeah. since then since I saw this I want to do it and yeah that's something I try sometimes on the simulator but honestly since one year I guess I didn't fly any simulator all right next next question who can drink more than you uh in our hobby any stories no i think there's nobody who can drink more <laughs> <laughs> no has but it, uh, story wise any... yes story oh, wise i have story time i'm ready yeah story time um helifest i don't know which year maybe 2016 or something uh i was there and SAB had a, a booth, and also Kyle Stacy was there. Sebastiano Gabuti couldn't make it. Sebastiano, Kyle, and me, we are also like uh, the three people who are always having a lot of fun. And Sebastiano was not there, and he was writing me the whole time, oh, how is it going? Is it is it funny over there? And Kyle was there with uh, Fastlet, and I was there with uh, Midland. And so the the show was basically over. And we didn't eat the whole day long because the food there was not so delicious. And so we said, like, yeah, we will wait until we go out for dinner. But yeah, until the shops close the tents and everyone gets ready and everyone knows where to go. And do we have a table reservation? Blah, 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 blah. It all takes time. So Kyle and me were hanging out like... Oh, I didn't eat the whole day long. Yeah, me neither. Oh, I'm so looking forward to the dinner, blah, 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 chatting a bit. And then like, I uh, would die for a beer. Oh, yeah, I can have a look at Fastlet in the tent. They have a fridge. Do you want me to grab us two beers? Like, yeah, that would be great. So he went in there. He grabbed two beer, two cans. And it was really, a, for German standards, it was a very soft beer. And it was not a big can. It was a small can. So I was drinking the first beer. He was drinking a beer. And then like, oh, that was fine. So still, I didn't hear anything when we will go to dinner. So I grab another one. So we were drinking two cans of beer, two small cans. And already I had to grab him and guide him to the trash can to throw away the can. <laughs> because oh, no. he, had, he hadn't eaten the whole day long. And he was already starting to wiggle around like oh i don't feel so well no no i'm fine i'm fine I'm like okay you're drunk no i'm not drunk i just haven't eaten anything like yeah like me i had one piece of cake that's it yeah i don't know and then yeah so i thought like okay he's not in a good place already drunk after two cans so then fast that came over and said yeah carl are you ready we're going for dinner yeah yeah okay fine then he was off i was going with midlands we were having dinner. I was coming back after dinner. It was quite quick because they wanted to see the night flight. I was back at the field. Kyle was not there. I was checking my phone and was writing with him over Facebook Messenger. And he was like, oh, I'm still in the restaurant. We haven't ordered yet. It takes all so long. And then somehow with the time, he got more and more weird. And I thought like, okay, he's getting even more drunk. And I asked like, do the guys still buy you a beer before you haven't eaten anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to make me drunk. Like, yeah, be careful. 
Ja, ja, ja. Then there was a break. And then afterwards it really escalated like, oh yeah, oh, did I tell you that you are so pretty? Blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, what is happening right now? And then with the time I could see that Kyle was completely done and his phone was being passed around by the guys. <laughs> and everyone from Fastlet was trying to make a joke and trying to pretend that they would be Kyle and flirting with me. And of course, I knew Kyle and I know that it wasn't him. So I was somehow pretending to not know <laughs> and it escalated until the point where he was like yeah in which hotel are you staying i'm in room this and that and come by you are so sexy blah blah <laughs> <laughs> and then i guess the last thing i i have read was like something in italian then i copied it and put it into google translator and it said something like i want to eat <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, where does Kyle or the Fastlet guys know Italian from? I don't think that they put it into the Google Translator in the first place. And then I remembered, oh, Stefano and Enrico are there too. Mm. And on the next day, I mean, I was having fun. I knew what was going on. On the next day, I was going to the SAB booth. Enrico was there and uh, Kyle was there. I was coming into the tent like, good morning, guys. You had fun yesterday night. <laughs> and both of them at the same time just turned their face away from me, like like being in shame, like rolled in like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, Kyle, were you drunk yesterday? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I said, Enrico, did you put some weird italian phrases there into into facebook messenger no 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 i didn't do it no that's no i would never write something like this no 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 like mm. but it was grammar wise it was perfect so i don't know if google translator can do that no 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 but yeah of course yeah, i didn't want to go into depth with my sponsor so <laughs> oh my gosh well on a lighter side <laughs> If you, I'm sure you guys have McDonald's there, right? In Germany. Yes, we so. also have fluent water, toilets, and credit cards. <laughs> if you go, well, if you go to McDonald's, what does Simone order? Simone orders a big cappuccino and a chocolate cake because she doesn't like the burgers. Wait a minute. They have chocolate cake? Yeah, um, McCafe. I don't know that we have that here. Oh, we we got, we're getting ripped off. Right. Yeah. You don't have fluent water. <laughs> no. Well, we're short on toilet toilet paper, I can tell you that. Yeah, we yes. do. But, uh, no, we have in the bigger McDonald's, we have this McCafe, which is a separate separate part where you can order like a coffee special specialties and uh, cakes and muffins and stuff. And they always have like an offer with a big cappuccino latte or something with a piece of chocolate cake for, I don't know, three euros. And the chocolate cake is so delicious. It's like a compressed chocolate, like 10 Mm. chocolate bars in one piece of cake. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Oh, sugar spike. Mm. Yeah, we do not have that here. We have chocolate cookies. They do. Yeah. uh, Right, Mike? They have cookies, but... 
Yeah, I think they have cookies. <laughs> cookies have and, like apple pies and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, we're getting gypped. That's pretty uh, yeah, we shit. Well. Yeah, I mean, I, I eat McDonald's from time to time when I'm on an airport or um restaurant on the highway in the middle of the night. But honestly, we have so many good burger places here in Cologne where they do them real fresh with good meat and good burger buns. So I don't know. I go to McDonald's. It smells nice. You order the stuff and then you eat half of the burger and you think like, uh, <laughs> feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not so great. Well, McDonald's was the most American thing I could come up with, so. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, uh, about a week or so ago, you posted a picture. We need to talk about this picture. Oh, yeah, I know yes. which one. Um, in this picture, in your flat, there was a picture of a chicken. What's the deal with the chicken? <laughs> at least you saw the chicken most of the people just saw the pole oh well we're gonna get to that don't worry uh, <laughs> we're yeah, getting to the that chicken. Uh, it was a it was a lead chicken uh, in the meaning of a, a rent chicken um, how, how do I put that um, the parents of my boyfriend they live in the countryside as I told you right. and um, they have since I can think about it, they have some animals. So they don't do like a farm, a commercial farm. They just have animals. They always had chickens and I always loved birds. I grew up with a cat, but then I had some parrots and I just adore birds. And I always love chickens. I think they are so fluffy and clumsy and cute. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just crazy about chickens. And <laughs> so some years ago, I discovered a, a breed, a chicken breed, which is said to be uh, a very good pet because they love being pet. They love being touched and to being stroked and everything. So I told the mother of my boyfriend, yeah, could we get some eggs for it for the breeding machine? And so we can have and hatch some of those. And she said, yeah, why not? But uh, in order to tame them, you have to take care of them. So, yeah. Eight, we took eight baby chickens uh, home to Cologne into our flat in the third floor without any garden or anything. <laughs> and we had, had eight fluffy babies here in a big box with red light and took care of them. Then they moved to the balcony. And uh, yeah, I mean, right now they are living in the countryside again. Okay. And then visit them like every two weeks and they still recognize me. They come on to, uh, onto my lap and want to be stroked and being pet and they sleep on your, on your lap and everything. That's super cute. Wow. And, uh, last year she had another two chicken babies and she said, yeah, can you take care of them again? Oh, it would be so sweet. I love tame chickens. And yeah, the brown one you saw on the photo is one that we grew up last year. And she has lost a bit of her, uh, what do you call that? Tameness. <laughs> She's not that tame anymore. And she said, yeah, you can take, you're doing home office. So you can do chicken office. So take her with you for one week into the flat. And so she gets used to being around humans and being lifted up and everything. Yeah, that's what I did. And she was also there when I was cleaning up the flat. <laughs> so obviously you have a ton of helicopters in there. But uh, there's one thing that we have to discuss is the 
just stacks and stacks of batteries that were in that wooden cabinet. Is this your ploy for an insurance claim? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't have any insurance for my flat. That's the best part of it. Um, I know what can happen with LiPo batteries. I saw them nearly explode in my own hand. uh, So I'm very... Very careful about it. I know that a wooden cabinet is not the best place to store them <laughs> while the season. I'm completely aware of that. Um, the problem is with relationships. My boyfriend did me for my for, well for the first birthday where we had a relationship. He did like this um, acrylic glass plastic. Uh, thing you put into the shelves where you can then store the batteries in he did that Mm. extra for me in hand works and uh, like i don't know how many hours of work and he gave that to me as a birthday present (laughs) what would you do (laughs) say that's crap it doesn't it just just fits into the living room and i can't store them right there so it needs to go into the cellar but it doesn't fit in there so i have to throw it away no so you make it work right yeah yeah yeah, that would be tough uh, living in, and like for us living in apartments, you know, people who have lipos, I mean, that would be, uh, that'd be tough. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the boat I'm in. I, I have a, like a metal bucket that yeah. I keep all my batteries in just sure. in case. And I have probably five smoke detectors in my hobby room. Oh, wow. <laughs> just to uh, play it safe. So, yeah. I mean, so- I have a smoke detector, which is directly above all the heli stuff yes um, so i as i said i'm doing this since over 10 years i know what can happen and sure. i know when batteries are getting thick and smelly and stuff mm. so i'm always checking them all batteries that are getting fluffy i just immediately <laughs> put them away so but you never know it's true you never know they you know, those yeah. things can blow up immediately without anything but um yeah if, it's if somebody wants to buy me a house where I have a garage, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. There you go. But since then, I don't have any other choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, heck, even when I charge my batteries here at the house, sometimes I'll use like a cookie sheet, you know, to lay the batteries on, especially if I'm going to yeah. walk away for any, you know, minutes, not long, but just, you know, just to play it safe because, yeah, they can be. I was just wanting to pick on you, that's all. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, they are, they can be dangerous for sure. Well, so let's get to the to the to the big question on everybody's mind, especially on the forums or the groups there. The poll in the room. No one missed it. Everyone saw it. Is it for structural reason or for recreational use? Okay, before I answer you, one thing. <laughs> I answer you about this and then you tell me about the forums because I just saw what happened on Facebook, but I don't know about the forums and well, what the people the, wrote there. You the will Facebook tell me groups. afterwards. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah uh, the, the poll is not for stripping or anything you guys <laughs> hoped for. Um, it's something that is called pole fitness, and it's really like a workout. So you're doing spins, you're doing some stuff, you guys may have seen although you have never been to a stripping club i know but maybe you have seen that some spins are maybe the same but it's mostly for building up muscles and uh, for getting fit 
as it's really a complete body workout. And before the question comes, no, I never performed in front of my boyfriend. <laughs> no choreography, no nothing, no cute stripper outfit, high heel stuff. So, so um, he's he's never come home like on a payday and been like slams some dollar bills on the table and is like, let's <laughs> oh see what boy. happens, babe. Oh dollar boy. Bills. <laughs> I'm earning more than him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the sugar mama. <laughs> oh, mercy me. Oh, He's gosh. younger than me and I'm earning more money than him. <laughs> <laughs> Something is wrong. Well, it is amazing like how much that really has taken off. Um, you know, I mean, heck, even my wife and uh, some friends that we, we became friends with, I mean, they, they did it too. It's like this new aerobic thing, you know, and... And uh, and even she was saying she goes no it's like really hard <laughs> it's really yeah, hard to it, do it's, my wife's been it, doing it for a it couple hurts. years has she yeah yeah we've yeah. actually have a place right across the street here called Pole Fit no nice yeah <laughs> yeah it's just funny how that's really kind of taken off but um but yeah yeah funny. everyone assumes that you are doing striptease and stuff <laughs> I tease yeah. her I'm like you know you know instead of paying I mean, to go do people that with the fantasy if they it. want to. But uh, no, it's not because I'm also still a beginner. The stuff I do is not very graceful. You don't want to see it. And uh, <laughs> I mean, there have been some weird situations where my boyfriend uh, was, I guess he was into bitcoins like two years ago. And he invited a friend who wanted to know more about it. And he came here to our flat. And I mean, the pole is in our living room and I was just doing my fitness routine for like half an hour and later than that you are dead completely so i was climbing up and down the pole and doing some sitting maneuvers and some spins <laughs> and of course to have a grip you need skin you need bare skin so sure. this is the reason why the people have uh, less clothing on like a bralette and a short short pants yeah, yeah. and so our friend i know him since many years so he wasn't really shocked or anything but i opened up the the door when he came and he said like oh why are you dressed like this <laughs> like yeah i'm just doing sports so, okay and then they were sitting in front of the computer and in the other corner i was there doing spins and climbing up and down the pole but yeah That's i mean funny yes you ever tried aerial silks no no seems to kind of go hand in hand here at least yeah, yeah, I know the the studio where I went back then. They uh, offer it too, but I think uh, I think the pole is already uh, a lot of workout for the muscles in the arms and in the back. And I guess for aerial silk, you need even more. At yeah, least it seems so for me. Yeah. And it's dangerous. People fall a lot. And it's nothing you can <laughs> install at your home. I mean, I installed the pole at home because the the courses at my club they were so expensive like i would say 20 dollars per hour and then wow. you are not alone on one pole but you were like five girls on one pole so turn for turn and at the end you had maybe 15 minutes training with warm-up and cool down and yeah so i thought like okay you can buy for 250 euros or 250 dollars you can buy a pole for yourself it doesn't take a lot of space in your living room it looks weird okay everyone will ask but in fact it doesn't take a lot of space it's less than a square meter so yeah do it it's conversation starter yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah of course <laughs> icebreaker <laughs> yeah i'll stick to pyro flips 
I know, right? Let's, direct, <laughs> right. let's go back to Helly's. Turn the car around. <laughs> so, what uh, what got you into designing canopies? I know you said your your background was in design. Did that kind of just translate into the hobby and then become part of it? Mm. Well, yeah, I'm de- I'm a designer, but um, I never thought about designing canopies. In fact, it was a coincidence because a German F3C pilot, he was doing like a small competition as he was searching for a new paint scheme for his heli. He invented a, um, a fuselage for himself and he was searching for a paint scheme and yeah, he put on Facebook like, oh, sin- until February 1st, you can send me your proposals and the winner, uh, I will take his paint scheme and he will be, or he or she will be paid like, I don't know, 100 euro or something. I don't know. And my boyfriend back then, he told me like, yeah, try it. You can do design. Like, yeah, I've never done fuselage design or canopy design. I don't have any idea how to approach it. And I just tried something and I won. And of course, he um, promoted my design a lot because he was on many F3C events and he posted some Facebook posts and people asked like, oh, who who did your your paint scheme? And so a lot of people were coming to me and asking me if I could do the paint scheme for them. And yeah, so everything evolved. But still, it's, yeah, I guess like last year I did maybe two jobs. Sometimes I have like 10 jobs per year. It's fluctuating a lot, but it's still, it's also the prices I take. It's just for the design. People always think like, oh, you are doing this for 40 euros. So I get a complete painted canopy for 40 euros. Like euros. <laughs> that's just the design part, which already takes me like 10 hours. So you can divide that through the hours working time and you know how much money I earn per hour. It's not a lot, but I do it for fun and for the hobby and not for getting rich. Yeah, but, but still, also it's like, it, here's 150 euros worth of canopy and boom, let me make a loss on it and design the paint job yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they say like, ah, oh, I saw your webpage and I saw you doing a goblin canopy and tail boom for 49 euros. Um, do you need me to send you the boom and you do the airbrush? Like, no, please. There are just three lines of text on this web page, and they say, I don't do airbrush. <laughs> oh, well. Sometimes it seems very hard for people to read stuff, but yeah, <laughs> like that. Cool. So tell us about your YouTube series, the Learn How to Fly series. Um,. Well, I had that idea a long time ago, but now with the lockdown and the stuff, I just thought about maybe giving it a go. It's, I guess it's not perfect. I saw that as I don't have anyone to film me. I have like a mini tripod for my mobile phone and as I'm flying all of it with the fireball, uh, sometimes it's hard to figure out when to stick inside the viewing angle of the phone and not fly farther away and the heli doesn't get too tiny and yeah it could be done better of course like every time but for the reason that i'm doing it alone i guess it's pretty fine and i'm ex- i'm trying to explain everything in a certain order to help people achieve the basics i mean right now i guess i have filmed like 10 episodes which cover all the basics from the first frog jumps to tail hovering side hovering nose in hovering first curves circles um and i try to build up the episodes on a certain order so 
for example, you start with um, not with, with site hovering, which can be quite mind blowing because you know when you are hovering, you every little error is just affecting your heli. But as long as you have forward flight speed, um, you can play around and it's not that bad. So I try to incorporate these little controls and visual angles of the heli flying sideways with a bit of speed. And then afterwards, as the people get used to it, I'm trying to do, for example, a side hovering. I hope that I manage to put it into an order that helps people to do it. Um, until now, the feedback is quite good. Um, as I said, I filmed the first 10 episodes of it. So the next episodes I will do are then more into aerobatics, like turns, loops, rolls. And yeah, well, we will see when I do those. <laughs> until now, I have 10 episodes to to publish. That's fine. Oh, it's awesome you're doing it. There's There's not enough content to help people get into the hobby and learn. So... Every video that gets added to the internet helping people is awesome in my book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially being female, you know, that uh, that's that's even better, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, you know, I see sometimes in the comments people like, oh, you should have said that the higher you fly, the better it is. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm asking for feedback and sometimes the people are really right. But on the other way around... Uh, you always forget something. <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, people sometimes forget that I'm not getting any money out of this hobby. So maybe this $3 every three months I earn from YouTube, uh, yeah, not really worth it. And uh, I'm just doing it to help people. So I'm sorry if I sometimes forget stuff or sometimes uh, the flights are not filmed close enough. But yeah, it's just everything you can do as a private person being all alone out there on the field. Mm -hmm. no. Very cool. Yeah, I know my uh, my fiance is she's super excited about the uh, videos you've been putting up. She watches them. Yeah. When they come up. Yeah. Yep. So it's helping, it's helping somebody. She watches them and then she gets on the simulator and plays around a little bit. So oh, keep it okay. up. That's, that's nice to hear. So I yeah. hope that my crappy English subtitles are more or less okay <laughs> to understand. Yeah, apparently. Yep. Yep. She's uh, chipping away at it. I guess it's also a, a difference for uh, another female pilot if you are taught by a f other female pilot or if a guy is trying to teach you. Yeah, she doesn't listen to nothing I tell her, so. <laughs> yeah, but you are the, the boyfriend or the husband, I don't know, but um, that's also something different. I know it with Kim, Kim DeVisa from Belgium, the original Goblin Girl. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonas is flying smacky stuff, and he could teach her right away, but she's saying, like, if he's near to her and he's explaining her stuff, she's always getting nervous, and... I remember two or three years ago, I taught her with body boxing, like the first half of the pirouette flips, and she was completely fine. And mm -hmm. um, I guess it's really a difference if you have another person you trust and you don't feel like uh, a lot of pressure. Like if it's your boyfriend or your husband, you don't want to disappoint them and you know they can do it and they look at you at another way and maybe you have to listen to it like the next three weeks like, oh, you did it like this and that. So I know it's yeah. silly, silly. But uh, if you have an external person completely neutral, it's something different. I can understand that. 
I get freaked out whenever my team manager's at an event and then spotting with me. <laughs> Half the time, I'm just going to put it in because I'm like, don't do anything dangerous. Don't screw up. Make it look good. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Simone, tell us uh, something about yourself that the hobby people may not know. Uh, well, yeah, we already covered the pole dance stuff. <laughs> and the video games. <laughs> um well, maybe also that uh, my love of beer that people are more and more aware of is coming from my father, who is a beer brewer by oh, job, wow. by profession. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, so I have beer in my veins. <laughs> and um, I'm in my private life, I love to dress. I wouldn't say like typical fashion because I think in the fashion industry there's a lot of crap going on, sometimes crappy trends. But I love to uh, watch the fashion industry and I love to dress elegant, classy. And in the hobby, it's completely vice versa. So you always run around with trousers and with some sponsor t-shirts and you can't really do anything. So if you're wearing a skirt, the people are already freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Sponsor t-shirts uh, are high fashion. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was really thinking about, because I was already doing some t-shirts with all my sponsors on the back, because if you have four or five sponsors, they are always angry if you wear on one event only one sponsorship t-shirt so like why didn't you wear ours? Blah, 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 blah. So I printed a t-shirt with all the sponsors in the back. And um, I thought about printing like a blank black dress just with the, t with the sponsors because wearing trousers and a t-shirt is sometimes, oh, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> That'd be cool. Oh, I love wearing dresses and skirts and oh my God. And if I go to events, it's just so boring, run around with those stuff. But yeah, maybe, nice. maybe that. So, uh, our co-host Gucci, he had to step away. He, he, I think he's tending to the baby. So, but he wants to call you out on a heli dance off. <laughs> so he's seen the video of you dancing after you landed your auto rotation. Yeah. And he's, he's known around here for his Kraken dance. <laughs> okay. That he did. Uh, so we need to set up something where you guys can do a heli dance off. Uh, does it also mean that I always have to do an auto rotation first? Uh, well, we can work. Let's work out some details. What do you yeah, think, Kevin? We'll 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 figure she something wash, out. <laughs> she could wash your Please, no auto rotations in front. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, we'll we'll work out some details. But uh, I, yeah. just to the listeners, we got something coming for you soon. So yeah, I will dance dance the ass off of you. <laughs> so you, Already, she learned how to smack talk at least from this episode that's right well i got news for him and i told him earlier on i was like be prepared to lose i was like just you know don't be a sore loser gucci so i can't wait yeah. to see gucci dance <laughs> yeah you're going you're going to twerk in front of the camera <laughs> nice that's something i really want to see gucci do but you know it's gonna make a great meme <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, the internet doesn't forget. No, it Never. does not. No, it does not. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Well, yeah, I'm I'm accepting accepting the challenge. If you give me the details, uh, we can work something out. But please, no more auto rotations. Okay. Uh, the video you saw, uh, it was a day where I did after I don't know six years my first auto rotations again, and I did about fifty of them. They worked great, all of them. This is why I danced so much because I was not really like, wow, it works. I'm. How is this possible? And then on the next day, I was going out on the flying field again, and I wanted to end my flight with an auto rotation, and I broke my Kraken. So oh. please, not any more auto rotations. Those damn Carter plates. <laughs> I'm done plates. with this topic. Hmm? Oh, I said those damn Carter plates. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, I didn't really break anything. I just. Uh, I didn't even break my boom, but it's uh, it's scratched somehow. So I I'm not really sure if it's stable enough for 3D flying anymore. So I have to replace anything. And the painted stuff is the most inexpensive ever with the goblins. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's great. Where is it cranked? Is it hmm? the top? Is it the top of the boom that cranked? Like the the front? Um, no, it's one. It's it's from the top to the left side and a bit under it. I don't know how that happened. Ooh, okay. Okay. So it's not really like splitting up, so you can bend it, but it just doesn't seem like it's super stable anymore. Yeah, I, don't I wouldn't know. fly it. There's like sometimes when you crash, the top splits a little bit, and it's not a big deal. But if it's gone around the outside, like, mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Simone, man, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. It's been an absolute honor to have you on. And um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how how could they do that? <laughs> Should I say, like, Carl Stacy, they don't? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, no just give, um, give him Carl Stacy's email. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, um, normally people reach me uh, via my uh, Facebook profile. The problem I have is my Facebook official personal profile is, like, you know, you have a 5,000 friends limit. After that, you cannot accept any more people because Facebook says, like, no normal person on earth can have more than 5,000 friends. So you are limited to that. So I also have like a a person of interests official profile, but over both of them, you can message me via Facebook. Then um, in YouTube, I have a YouTube uh, special email address like YouTube at Simone-Zuntara.com. Okay. Or is it .de? No, it's .de, sorry. (laughs) And um, I have a very old old blog page uh, from Jimdo, which I always mention in the description box of my YouTube videos, um, where there is a contact formula and still people are writing me uh, via this formula. I don't know why, because my blog uh, page, I don't refresh it since 2015 i guess because i don't have the time but still i leave it online so people can contact me if they want to but uh, yeah just search for my name via via the internet and you will find some way okay i don't have any twitter or i have instagram people complain that i don't upload any heli stuff via instagram but instagram for me is really everything but heli 
Okay. Sure. I have YouTube, which is helly. I have Facebook, which is completely helly. And Instagram is not helly. <laughs> Got to separate it somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's just helly is not everything in life. I That's mean, true. after doing this over 10 years, it's. I still enjoy it. I would never want to uh, to put it away, but there are more things in life than only Helly. Sure. Very cool. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with us here at the Hellyhead Show, then you can email us at theheliheadsshow at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to be an average Joe, or if you have questions or show ideas, email us to that address. We'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, would you guys like to recognize some podcasters? Let's do it. Let's do it. Kick it off, Mike. All right. First up, we have uh, Freefall RC Podcast. Yeah. And these guys, uh, they cover helis and airplanes and also dive deeply into 3D printing and movie (laughs) quotes and reviews. Movie quotes. Yeah. And reviews. That's it. Yep. Perfect. We have Telerotor RC Podcast. It's a heli-focused podcast that gets very technical, and they also talk about trains. And trains! <laughs> Perfect. And gummy bears. I lo- g- Look at the gummy worm. Those are gummy worms. I haven't done it. that in a while. There you go. Uh, of course, next we have the BK Podcast, which is Bert and Ernie, and uh, they like to rant and shamelessly plug their SAB products. <laughs> yep. I think it's perfect. And we got Skids Up, and they are another heli... Uh, only podcast so yep. if you haven't listened to them guys yet check them out absolutely scott there we got inverted down under perfect <laughs> and they look at kangaroos ah oh, it's a kangaroo <laughs> podcast i love it yes very cool to hear uh you know the heli perspective from from that far away it's kind of cool to hear it from a different perspective yeah, we're holding the phone upside down while they talk, though. Sure. <laughs> uh, of course, we got a brand new one, man. I mean, I I binge listened to all three episodes, and uh, but it's Houdini RC Heli podcast, and uh, it also is heli focused. Of course, uh, they reside over in Texas, so it's very possible that we'll get a different spin on what's going on with helicopters uh, in that side of the country. So that'd be pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we have RC Roundtable. They are a more an airplane centric podcast, but still some good uh, some good stuff that they go over on there. So check them guys out. Yeah. And what's that last one there, Mike? So uh, we're gonna back up our buddies at Freefall here, and we're gonna recognize the Who's Matt Ruddick podcast. <laughs> um. Apparently, they're full of memory loss and uh, <laughs> egoism. <laughs> nice save <laughs> oh my gosh oh, perfect perfect <laughs> oh man and then we got some archive podcasts uh, these are a lot of fun still so we still have uh, RC Today Show out there it's rctodayshow.com and uh, RC Today Show even though they were inside Heli which was more Heli uh, focused I think um, they still had a love for you know airplanes and even sometimes cars and boats too so they changed their name of course to rctodayshow.com uh, there and uh, and yeah you can hear lots about airplanes helis and cars and boats and all kinds of fun stuff so check those guys out 
Yep. Then we got the RCN 2.0, the Godfathers of Heli Podcasting, and uh, a wealth of technical knowledge. Very much so. Very much so. Yep. And last on the list here, we got the RC Heli Hooligans podcast, and that is another uh, heli focused podcast, and best known for Club Scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, Kevin. Yeah. If you wanted to uh, routinely rub and molest your mesipital lobes, where, where would you go to do that at? I would head on over to Bill Ann YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, Bill Ann. <laughs> <laughs> I, know I was going to say, Simone's probably like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> no, I know him. <laughs> And he is uh, coverage of heli events. And, um, you know, Run Rider used to do it. And I'm so glad that he picked up and started doing it too, because uh, I don't know there would be many events covered if it wasn't for Bill. So it's right. very cool of him to do it. So what yeah. we got next? He did an episode about me. Did he? Did Perfect. He? Yes, yeah. he did. Uh-huh. Yep. He did yeah, an interview about me. Nice. Was that the RCHN event? Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, Simone, were you aware that uh, Bill Ann has a late night cooking channel as well? No, not until I listened to Kyle Stacy interview from your last episode. <laughs> yeah. so if you're ever wondering how to uh, maybe heat yourself up a can of cream corn. Or <laughs> yeah. possibly a frozen pizza. Okay. Yep. Well, and the directions I, I on the back. I ask myself, who... Who is not able to warm up a frozen pizza? Me. Well, that's for the people that don't know, that's why we have Bill Ann too on YouTube. <laughs> well, Simone, here in America, there are instructions on everything. Yeah, so I know. Sometimes you also people... have like caution. <laughs> this cup of coffee may be hot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Please so... don't don't put it onto your lawyer to make us pay money for yeah. it if you burn your tongue. Oh, my God. That's right. So, here in America, sometimes some people don't quite get <laughs> by reading what they need to do, and they need visual aids. So, that's yeah. where, you know, late night cooking with Bill Ann comes in. And uh, if you need to learn how to do slice and bake cookies, or... I don't even know what that is. Oh, you're Neither does out. Bill. Well, you need, to, you need to go over to Bill Ann, too. Yeah, it, it seems so. Yeah. Well, you know, you got the chocolate cake at McDonald's. We had the slice and bake cookies, so. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Maybe yeah. next time when I'm to the U.S., I have to teach uh, Bill Ann some German recipes so he can pull up a notch. Or how do you say that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be fantastic. Pick it up. Yeah, I got like, it. Do, do a German Brezen and Oberstar. And go. Wiener Schnitzel. Schweizogs. Kartoffelsalat. Everything. <laughs> five star. Five star dinner. But I mean that's that's a big step from heating up a, a pre warmed oven pizza to <laughs> complete meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh man. We but love Bill. We do have a new one added here in our list that we're gonna start promoting. What we got, Mike? We have uh Learn how to fly with Simone Zunter. Absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah. Who is yeah. this? I don't know her. Crazy name. 
<laughs> you can find her spinning on a pole in oh. Germany and okay. making making YouTube videos about Heli. Doing of YouTube videos while spinning on a pole. That sounds crazy. Is she holding a, a chicken while doing that? It's very <laughs> <Chicken>? possible. <laughs> Look at all those chickens. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I bet she loves chickens. She probably does. She probably does. Oh, chicken. oh very cool. All right. So we also have uh, some fun flies coming up, provided that uh, COVID does not shut it down. But uh, we currently still have slated the Freefall RC Heli Fest, uh, which is May 29th through the 31st. Uh, that's with our boys from Freefall. If you want to get autographs, go hit those guys up. Then, uh, yeah, I heard uh, Andy's going to be autographing um, garden rakes out there. Garden rakes. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, he got a he got a whole bunch from the the farming expo that he went to, so he's gonna pass them out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all you do is drop a seed in the ground and throw some water on it, and you're good to go. Right. That's Done. that's the story. Yep. So what else we got? Uh, Cincy Smackdown is June fourth through the seventh. Those are the guys in Cincinnati, Ohio. Put yeah. on a good event, so hopefully that one sticks. Okay. And uh, what we got next there, Scott? We got the F3C, F3N competition in Goldsboro, North Carolina, June 26th and 28th. Perfect. After that, of course, we have the Dragonfly uh, Fun Fly uh, near Pilot Mountain. It also is June 26th through the 28th. And then we have uh, Yard Sale's very own. Yeah. Yeah, we have the Ohio Heli Throwdown. In Northeast Ohio, it's also June 26th through the 28th. So um, we're still hanging on strong, hoping this stuff pushes away. If it, uh, if this COVID stuff ends up affecting our event, then we'll probably push it to sometime in the fall. But for now, we're gonna stand strong with the dates that we got, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can make it happen. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll work out. If and not, I may or may not show up to that one. I don't know yet. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Gucci's back. Gucci's back. Sup, Gucci? Yeah. The Let me tell you something. The gauntlet's been thrown down, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. We have some parameters to work out, but the uh, okay. the competition is a go. Okay. Yeah. She even trash talked you a little bit. A little bit. Listen, I'll hear it. I'll trash talk right back. Okay. I ain't scared. <laughs> I trash talked. I don't know about that. <sighs> Oh, gosh. If you don't have confidence, no. Simone, you just got to make it up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I will any win any competition. If I can't do a perfect dance off, then I can still spin on the pole. That's right. <laughs> because that's one thing I never want to see Gucci do. With the chicken. <laughs> With <Yes>. the chicken. <laughs> if it's getting too close into the competition, then I get the chicken. And then I do the spin with chicken. That's right. So it wasn't structure after all. I knew it. <laughs> Kevin, we can't let it get that far because I don't know if I can handle Gucci getting on I'm a pole. I'm telling you, I won't be pleasuring my eyeballs. I'll be stabbing them out. I'll put a six ass on my kick. Yeah, but we can also do a nice twerk with the, with the pants down to the knees oh. into a bathtub. That would be nice too. Oh boy. Oh. All I'm going to say, Gucci is good cluck. 
I may or may not, uh, you know, back that thing up. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Oh man! How about some parting words, guys? Yeah, Gucci. <laughs> yeah, Let's leave us some parting words. Why get these images out of my head? Yeah. Hashtag stripper ball. <laughs> Hashtag chicken. Hashtag chicken. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Back that thing up. Twenty twenty. Point five. Point five. There you go. <laughs> Hashtag back that thing up. Okay. Yard sale, what you got? Uh, we got hashtag get your ass out and fly. And I guess we're still going to be pushing the death to the COVID hashtag. All right. Yeah, definitely. Death to COVID. Yeah. Then we got uh, hashtag electrics 2020. I hate you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate you. Hashtag share the fun. Uh, <sighs> you know, Gucci, maybe you came back right at the right time. Yeah. You know? Oh, time. I don't know, because I'm still flying electricus and nitro here, and, you know, you guys are hating on nitro. You know, <sighs> you and Scott. Oh, man. Yeah, not. Yeah, I'm not. Nitro. I'm just well, not Scott. Cool. Scott's confused. He doesn't know what he wants to do yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about no. hashtag RC helicopters can't spread COVID? Mm. They can, though. They can, technically. Can mm. they? You sneeze yeah, in my helicopter, I, mean, I touch the helicopter. Lick your canopy, of course, but yeah, you, uh, no. Have you seen Gucci wash the canopy? This has <laughs> COVID, SARS, and MERS. All at the same time. <laughs> All the I'm same never going to get sponsored like, by Goblin. You mean like sneak where you lick something and say, now it's mine? <laughs> That's right. My germs. <laughs> my germs. That's oh, my, my cracker. Oh, gosh. That's one way to do it these days. I know. Oh, I, re- I really. Nobody my... would touch it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my way of with the transmitter instead of all this stuff with oh, don't touch my transmitter, just lick it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Kenny. Easy, cheaper way. There you yeah. go. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, mine is too old for hold. And uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode number 18 with Simone Zunter. And we'll catch you guys next time. See you later. Keep it nasty. Scott Graham needs to get a hashtag nitro in it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh.